0: Does everybody know what time it is?
1: Time to schedule your appointment with the otolarynologist to get those pheromones out of your nose.
0: (laughs) Blow hard into your Kleenex, it's grunt work. Times are hard, and you're afraid to pay the fee, so you find yourself somebody who can do the job for free. When you need a bit of loving, because your tool man is out of town, that's the time you get me running, because you know I'll be around. Yes, I'm a fool to do your grunt work, the only podcast about oh. the TV series Home Improvement that never comes home with lipstick on its collar. <laughs> I'm your... I already have notes here. Okay, good, good. Keep, keep them, keep them until, until the end. We'll take questions after. Okay. I'm your host, Truman, the passion of the sandwich man, Caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the sweet and gestalt-y man, Solano. Uh, so, so there so there you go, Landon. Yes, your sure. questions? Uh,
1: I find it interesting, your choice of uh, lyrics for this week, um, because I don't know if you noticed. I was going to bring this up in the episode, but fuck it. Right now seems to be the the good point. Yeah, there go for it. was a book, uh, I noticed, as I am wont to do, um, <laughs> In a the, book of calendars? You know, the – no, well, lucky for you. Yeah, uh, lucky for you. You know the you. the Taylor's Kitchen Island uh, where the, the chairs are to sit at the bar there? Yeah. There's a little, uh, like, shelving unit built into it where they have all their, like, cookbooks? Yeah, yeah, I've seen There's it. There's a, a book there that just – in this episode that I've only noticed uh, that just says, Fool. Fool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that had to be that had to be intentional. The prop people like, what's the theme of this episode? Ah, oh, yes, Tim <laughs> acting like a fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so I don't know. Just uh, it ties into your your opening uh, very uh, yeah. well.
0: I, I think the, I think the real uh, I think the the real reason behind my choice of uh my choice of opening talk singing is that my response to the uh lockdown has been to just get really into steely dan even more (laughs) than i was before to like really just lean into the 55 year old white guy that i've always been by just just going hard on uh, on aja you know going hard on bonavista just 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 deep into into donald fagan's best work
1: oh great well if you are going any deeper into that uh that newfound character of yours uh i'll uh, I'll start asking you for some civil war details um, in World War II. like what were what were the technical specs of the U-boats uh, in World War II?
0: Yeah, and, and I will uh, come to you to ask about how to check my email or uh, how to uh, set up my Roku or something like that. It'll be a really nice symbiotic relationship.
1: Perfect, perfect. Uh, <laughs> oh, Truman, it
0: is good to uh, speak with you it's and it's good to be spoken with Landon, as it is also good to speak with you. Uh uh how about uh how about that home improvement episode we both presumably watched.
1: Well, yeah, I was well, we did both watch an episode and from your intro it sounds like the same one. Okay, um, that's good. But just want to you know, for future generations who are tuning tuning in to Gruntwork for uh homework on how podcasts can go awry. Um <laughs> Want to just give the context that we are still abiding by the uh, safer at home uh, measures uh, in Los Angeles County. um, And you should be, too. (laughs) As is, uh, um, you know, we are we're still in the throes of this uh, Corona crisis. So, yes. And Uh, uh, that's why uh, we sound so different.
0: Yes. And we are both wearing masks, uh, even though we're not in the same room with anyone else. Just to be extra safe over this phone connection, we have both got masks on
1: exactly i mean your germs come through the microphone don't they
0: yeah i i believe that that's how it works fortunately yeah. though i drew a scary face on my mask so i think that'll Ooh. scare away the germs <laughs> why did you go ew? what's what's gross about a scary face don't get no, after that was, me no, no, for- that
1: <laughs> i think that was a loss in translation uh over the phone it was a it was a more of a uh, uh kind of a yipes uh sound not you. Oh. It was like a ooh, ooh. like a chattering teeth. Like, ooh, oh, no.
0: I see. It's a spooky mask.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um,
0: I also love the idea that people in the future, when they're when they're looking for uh, examples of how podcasts can go awry, would only focus on these episodes of our show and not the hundreds <laughs> of episodes we made before it, where we had no nationwide crisis to impede our podcasting abilities and yet somehow still fucked it up.
1: Uh, I would disagree, because we have been uh, basically doing this since 2016, and we all know we've been in a national crisis since then, but this, uh, is very this true. isn't it's that true. type of show to go with is... all that.
0: Welcome back to Chapo Trap House, where our political commentary <laughs> is cutting and our fondness for cocaine <laughs> is high. Um, yeah, Landon, what what do we
1: do on this podcast? We, we watch an episode of Home Improvement and then, uh, for some reason, talk about it for about three times as long as the episode lasts.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, I I will tell you just before I was coming in here to record, I was talking to my girlfriend and kind of setting her up for like, okay, well, I'll be in there for hours. And she, and, and, you know, I was saying something like I was, I was filling up my water and saying like, yeah, I got to prep. It's going to be a long session. And she said to me like, Hey, you know, you don't have to make them so long. Like I love (laughs) listening to them, but they, they don't need to be so long. And I, and I told her, honey, the country needs us right now. (laughs) So you're welcome listeners.
1: We might not be on the front lines, or the lines behind the front lines, or even the reserves, but uh, we are somewhere deep in the bottom of the reservoir.
0: If you read between the lines, that's where we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: Oh, my goodness. We watch Home Improvement, we talk about it, and we did that this week. Presumably the same episode. Yes. Um, But I have a synopsis for you to confirm whether or not we did, in fact, watch the same show. Let's go for
0: it. Let's dive right in, Landon. Tell me what we watched.
1: Uh, all right, as I double fist two cups of coffee here,
0: you are uh, you are a mat You are insatiable, much like the woman in this episode.
1: This week on Home Improvement, Tool Time is visited by the reporter from uh, Detroit Today, Miss Kelly Barnes, to Ooh. do a profile on Tim. However, from the moment she appears, she plays into Tim's ego with a hope of getting into Tim's pants. Mm. Uh, that's where the audience is supposed to be cute. No. There you go. There You got it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Despite warnings from Alan Jill, Tim plays right into the situation and finds himself not only in hot water, but also a hot toddy. Ooh! <laughs> Meanwhile, Jill is sick.
0: Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> do, now, do you mean she's she's awesome and does cool skateboard tricks, or do you mean that yes. she's actually has an illness? Both. Okay. In well, this
1: episode, both.
0: Yes. Yeah. The the half pipe scene at the end was even more out of place than having that country <laughs> western singer on last time.
1: Uh, but she was wearing her helmet and pads, just like Randy. Uh, you know, speaks from his soapbox
0: because they're cool.
1: Hmm. <laughs> so do you want to go into g- g- guess that title?
0: Uh I do want to go into guess that title. I have three options.
1: I um, have a title for you as well. Oh, that's good. Beyond like, the real title. I I, I have oh, you thought a rare one? in a rare instance I have come up with a title uh that I want to share.
0: Uh, this is great. I, I'm I'm so excited to hear it. I feel bad then because it will probably outshine the ones that I have.
1: <laughs> Doubt it. Go ahead. Alright.
0: First, Yes. The boob tube. Because <laughs> if you're watching closely, breasts play a role in this episode. Um, that they do. That they do.
1: And uh, they're not L's.
0: Sadly. Or or perhaps happily. <laughs> um, next one Sex, guys, and videotape.
1: Okay, okay. Right, I like right. that. Yeah, 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 you know, it's, it's also fitting for the era.
0: And lastly, I'm a tool for lust which could also be Uh a song written from the perspective of a vibrator, I suppose. So, um, I don't know. That's just something to think about. Um,
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, What about you, Landon? I want to give you, okay. So I'll give you my, my title, but I also Mm -hmm. have to give you a hint because, uh, this would be an unguessable title. Okay. Um, here's my title. Yeah. Mighty endorphin, more power Rangers. Oh,
0: Landon, that's amazing. (laughs) God damn it! I wish we were in person so I could hug you right now. That's really good, mighty endorphin. Oh god, more Power Rangers. Um, that that is that's that's mint. That's a plus right there. Thank you. Uh,
1: so the hint for you is um that this might be a play on words that I'm unfamiliar with, some sort of idiom that I don't know. Um, but there is a Even with the hint, you're not going to get this, but uh, there is a uh, Rocky song from Rocky 3. It's Mm -hmm. a very popular song by um, Scorpion. Is that who it does? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it Scorpion?
0: Uh, If if we're thinking of the same one, then yes, it is. Survivor.
1: Survivor. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. It's it's by Survivor. So uh, with that in mind, do you know the name of this title?
0: Thinking about it for a second.
1: Rock You Like a Hurricane? That is a Scorpion song. That is not the S- Survivor Wait. song from Rocky 3 that I was Wait. talking
0: about. Well, it's not going to fly now. It's not, it's not... It's not... It's not... It's
1: not Eye of the Tiger. Is it? Is it... It's Eye of the Tiger? Well, that's the song I'm talking about, but that's not the title of this episode.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Well, I know that I'm stretching this hint, but it's it's a national emergency, so, so g- give me the leeway here.
1: Uh lie of knowing time's up it is i on tim
0: i on tim not no 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 neighbor that makes no sense
1: it's a bad title
0: it's it is a bad title. Thank you, Landon. I agree. Um, wow, yeah, that's uh, that's that's bad. I, they were so busy being horny in this episode, they couldn't even <laughs> think of a title. I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean, is it a play on something that I just can't quite make the connection to? I, I just Eye I can't Tim. figure it out. Eye on Tim.
0: I don't know. It's it's like it's like a play on the movie I Am Sam. I, I'm not sure. I, I that <laughs> makes no sense to me.
1: Uh, this episode was released on February 27th, 1996. Truman. I want you to think back to last week. Yes. And I need you to steal yourself here, okay? Okay. Uh, remember last week when I made a joke about your last name?
0: Uh, yes, I'm afraid so, yes. You
1: said you had typed in all caps, and I'm like, aren't all uh, things that are typed by you in, in all caps? Anyway. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. The, yeah. I want you. Okay, so I want you to think back on that moment. I want you to internalize it, okay? Okay. I want you to just really, really put yourself in that emotional state. So that you can relate to the director that I'm about to say, okay, all right, we have a new director. it's not Andy Cadiff. yeah, uh, surprise surprise that's a big revelation in and of itself, but for this particular episode, um, uh, well, just keep in mind what i what I just put you through it's directed by a man by the name of Peter Boners. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, Landon! I was obviously all geared up to be angry, and instead I'm I'm joy. You you. It's like it, were you trying to undo the slight that you did I, against me last week?
1: No, I'm because I you was, have. I was trying to prevent the very thing that's happening in this moment, which is laughing at somebody's name. Uh, and I was trying to get you to empathize <laughs> with Peter Boners.
0: Uh, you know, look. If my last name, if my name was Truman Boners, I I would have to have a sense of humor about my name. I mean. So many families change their name at Ellis Island to avoid seeming <laughs> ethnic, and yet no family changes their name once the term like once their last name becomes associated with fully erect penises
1: oh, um it, but for this particular episode to be <laughs> directed by somebody that has not one but two euphemisms or <laughs> uh, uh yeah it's just it seems very uh fortuitous for us and unfortunate for him.
0: The stars aligned, and they formed a knotty picture in the sky, I think. <laughs> much like much like a picture of Sandra Bullock taped to a young boy's uh, bedroom ceiling.
1: <sighs> it was written by Bruce Ferber and Lloyd Garver. Um, they seem to be doing more and more episodes this season than in the past, so yeah. that's interesting to keep a note on. Let's go into personal reflections. How did you feel about this episode directed by Peter Boners?
0: <laughs> um... You know, I, I, well, for you know, I certainly felt like um, it's been a while since we've had a root and and horny episode of Home Improvement. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's always always nice to get one of those when the show can be both corny and horny at the same time. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I would say that this episode is was a lot more cohesive than the other ones we've had. This is the first one in a while that has not had two wolves within it. It's just had one wolf <laughs> that is horny. Uh-huh. Um, at, at the same time, though, it, there's really no conflict in the traditional sense it's mainly just like it's mainly just watch jill suffer as tim behaves boorishly and then he and until he like behaves gallantly and it's like there's no sign that tim is really conflicted over this there's no sign of an interior struggle like as soon as like he's just kind of awkward for a while and then he you know then he then he interesting does the right thing what, you, I, what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, I take the opposite stance. I do think that this is the first time in a while that we actually do have a conflict. While it might not be an internal you know, uh, struggle to get the new brass ring, um, to use screenplay guru terminology. Thank um, you. I
0: appreciate it. Come down <laughs> to my level as a true yeah, guru.
1: There, there's something that happens that takes the characters away from status quo that... They are informed about halfway through, and by the end of it, they need to correct their behavior to get back to status quo, which is essentially the, the formula for a sitcom episode. I whereas, know, whereas last week when we had, when Harry kept Dolores, there was really, what was the conflict there? I would have presumed it was between Harry and Dolores, but it's a Tim-centric episode about him becoming an evolved man, but there's no conflict there. The conflict should have been between him and Harry, or him and Dolores, or between just Harry and Dolores. So to me, that is an episode that has no conflict and has no overarching story. It's just things that happen. This one at least has a, you know, um, has some sort of progression to it. Uh, While, you know, it wasn't exactly suited to my, my tastes, there, you know, I think that there were some great L moments in it.
0: Oh, certainly, uh, certainly. I'm not, yeah, like, in terms of Al moments, this episode gets a million A-pluses.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I think that, you know, while the, the kind of arc might be a little ham-fisted, um, I think it's there, and, you know, while it doesn't quite steep to season three lows, it does end on a sweet note, and I give it, you know, praise for that, because Tim does get a little dicky uh, in this episode.
0: And, and then and then decides not to get a little dicky with someone who isn't his wife. And we and and you know and certainly uh, Tim is um, I like this. There, there there is such contrast. Like Tim is really horrible at the beginning of this episode, but then you no, know, he does you know very gallant and and good thing, and that's and that's all fine. Like I I think this episode was like certainly better than the last few, and there's a lot of a lot of bits that I like in it, but um, I don't know. I just think like you know, I don't know that that's really, I don't know that it really counts as conflict, but like the the most conflict is Jill being worried about Tim flirting with this woman, Mm. but there's never really any sense from Tim being like, oh, I think she likes me. I think she wants to have sex with me. How do I feel about that? Like, it's more just like Tim having his ego stroked and then she comes on to him and Tim immediately is like, no, no, no. I love my wife. And the woman is like, oh, sorry, got the wrong impression. And then he gives her a ride home. So it's like, the, everybody, you know, ev- things proceed in a very like mature and 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 open fashion, and that's fine. And ultimately, like, it puts Tim in a morally good place. But it's also just from a dramatic standpoint, like, r- you know, really all of the meat of the episode is is just watching uh, watching Tim be kind of, you know, it's like to watching Tim be awkward around a sexy lady and watching <laughs> Jill suffer. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, okay i can i can see that um i
0: mean i'm not i'm not I'm, you know i'm not not calling anybody out like I, I think it's you know i don't think this episode is problematic or anything i just don't think mm-hmm. it's like and i still think better than previous ones i just think yeah leave something to be desired in terms of there's no scene where tim is like what does this mean what do i <laughs> actually feel what i can see? like tim never opens up to anybody about what he's feeling
1: I wonder if this is the divergent point. The fact that this is going on one month of us not watching home improvement episodes together. Mm -hmm. If, uh, you know, we're so usually on the same page because we're in the same room and having the same reactions – now we are having different experiences watching the show. Is this where we start to disagree with each other for the rest of the series?
0: <laughs> by, by the end of the show, you're a diehard Home Improvement fan. It's your favorite <laughs> show of all time, and I am, uh, I am ardently uh, ardently opposed to even thinking about the show. I don't even exactly. like Richard Karn anymore. Um, <laughs> well, I, I hope not. I hope we can get back to agreeing and being in agreement. But I think this week we're at war, I guess.
1: Yeah, and uh, I play dirty when I go to war.
0: Oh, well, lots of people are playing dirty in this episode. So we're in the right place.
1: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of the meat of the episode, let's get into it. But uh, before we do that, I want to thank some of our Patreon subscribers who make this show possible. Not That's only with their idea. financial uh, uh, subscription donations. What God? Oh my God! I, uh, I I cut you off and I
0: broke your flow. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's all right. Um, but also with just their their uh, emotional support. Their Uh, their sheer existence keeps me coming back to the microphones week after week. So I want to thank Tara. I want to thank Kirstie. I want to thank John. I want to thank Tom. I want to thank John. Thank you.
0: Anyone anyone else? Uh,
1: no one else that I want to thank. I know that you have some people you want to thank later, and I do not want to thank those people at all.
0: Yeah, and look, and I really do want to thank them, but I don't want to thank them right now, because that would be creepy and gross.
1: Uh, this is where we're drawing lines in the sand. We are delineating the the battle markers here for this war that we're about to go into. It's this is um and and also I mean by
0: letting people know that we're going to thank them later, but ardently not doing it now, we're really practicing uh tantric gratefulness uh, where we just kind of like it's 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 better if we make them wait to get
1: thanked. Uh, I, I think
0: it's going to catch on.
1: I I completely agree. Uh, with and that, we're in agreement. Why don't we go – see, I'm only agreeing with you to get you a false sense of security so that I can ambush you later. Why don't we go into the crux of this episode?
0: I think the ambush is undercut by you explaining exactly what you're going to do. That's traditionally not how the element of surprise works.
1: (laughs) Or am I saying that now to make you think that I don't know what I'm doing and thus creating a false sense of confidence so that I can ambush you later?
0: Ah, so so much like the great houses of Arrakis, you uh, construct plans within plans, and plans within plans within plans. Uh, exactly. I never should have let you read Dune. This is going to this is going to <laughs> mix up our, my entire plan of manipulation.
1: So we uh, we start on tool time after hours. Uh, Tim is working on some schematics for a new episode, presumably, where Al rushes in to tell Tim, hey, guess who's in town? Not even town, but the studio.
0: Yeah, it's Kelly Barnes from Detroit Weekly, the news magazine TV show. I'm going to say two things. First, mm-hmm. i as someone who went to journalism school and was first taught that school there, I've, or thought, thought taught that term there, I have always thought that the word news magazine to refer to a current affairs TV show is... Yes. the the worst don't it's a (laughs) don't confusing don't call it a news magazine when news magazines exist like newsweek and and time and shit like that are news
1: magazines don't call i i have a a magazine related question later in this episode but let me i I, i'm not sure that i know even the definition of that would something like the mclaughlin group would that be a news magazine show or how would you define uh, that term
0: I think McLaughlin Group because that's just a bunch of old white guys yelling at each other, right? That's more of like a. I think that's different. I think that a news magazine, like, I'm sorry that I can only reach for another fictional example. I think that Murphy Brown's show is a news magazine. It's uh, like okay. a host, or like I think that technically last for week like tonight, yes, yeah, like, or like, but I think last week tonight might also count as like a comedy news magazine. It's like one host mm. who talks to you about a bunch of different subjects, and it cuts away to <sighs> remote segments, possibly hosted okay. by other feature reporters.
1: Got it. Okay. That makes Welcome sense. Welcome to journalism so you're like, work. <laughs> hey, man, I asked. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Detroit Today by Kelly Barnes is on Channel 10. Uh, yes. Not a real station in Detroit, at least not in 1996. Two thumbs down.
0: <laughs> uh, I, w- I will also say, one, amazing that Kelly Barnes has just shown up at the studio without clearing this with producers or anything and just shows up and wants to interview Tim and do this huge feature on <laughs> Tim And just, like, drops it on him, (laughs) and he's like, yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I mean, when does Tim ever need planning for anything? He's ready to just (laughs) go into whatever he wants to, whenever.
0: It's amazing that without even having interviewed him, she knows that he is a man with no schedule and no responsibilities. (laughs) Uh,
1: Speaking of Murphy Brown, I do want to point out that Peter Boners, uh, the director of this episode, uh, was also a director on Murphy Brown for the entire run of the show.
0: Do you think that's how he got the job? When they, when they saw like, hey, we have an episode that involves a lady reporter and they're like, wait, I know, get me boners.
1: (laughs) He knows what he's doing. Perhaps. Uh, that makes me, cause he directs, uh, by the end of the series, he directs 29 episodes of Home Improvement. Oh my um, god, I'm gonna have to giggle his wonder, name
0: 28 more times.
1: <laughs> which makes me wonder if, uh, he directs a police episode of Home Improvement, cause he also directed Police Academy 6, City <sighs> Under Siege. <laughs> he also directed, uh, the Bob Newhart show, um... This is all stuff I should have put out uh when I was talking about him initially, but wanna wait, just point wait, 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 now. out I gotta I gotta prep this, even though we've already lost our Tulupa challenge for the week, uh, he was a very regular uh director. In fact he directed all twenty two episodes of the TV show ER E oh, R from nineteen eighty four to nineteen eighty five. Oh old ER, yes. This is E slash R, not E dot R dot
0: Ah, yes, okay, so the popular ER is Emergency Room, but then the old ER was either Emergencies or Rooms.
1: <laughs> but you choose one,
0: can't and have both. Yep. <laughs> In this economy, an emergency and a room? No thank you, sir. Uh,
1: he also directed some Wings, some Friends, <gasps> some, uh, he directed two episodes of Soul Man. Ooh, uh, not one. A home improvement
0: cinematic universe.
1: <laughs> uh, And... I think he retired after uh, directing two episodes of "Shit My Dad Says." He uh, well, has not had another credit since.
0: Go, you got to go out on top, you know. <laughs> got to just end your career on a real high note. Uh, "Shit My Dad, My Dad Says" is kind of the kind of the the new Joey, I think, for that time and place.
1: <laughs> uh, so you're saying it was ahead of its time.
0: I'm saying I'm I'm saying it was just not ahead of its time, but just like it was like the next evolution in the form. Like Joey was a bad idea because it was a spinoff of a character who could not sustain his own show. Shit, oh. my dad says didn't work because it was a spinoff of a Twitter feed that is even more like, oh, even more only works in tiny bites than than
1: Joey on an episode of Friends is like. Fair. It took
0: me four <laughs> seconds to read that tweet. <laughs>
1: And twenty-two minutes to watch the episode about it.
0: Yep, and uh, it's and much and three like hours listening to our show. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly.
1: Uh, all right, let's get back to tool time here. Um, walk us through the next couple steps here. Okay,
0: so uh, he's so Al explains about how great Kelly Barnes is. She did a uh, she did a show about fabric softener that changed Al's life and uh, and taught him that light and fluffy. Uh, uh uh fabric softener is what was giving him a chafing problem then Kelly arrives on set she is uh, quite attractive and introduces herself to the guys and Al who's a big fan says I stopped chafing because of you and uh <laughs> Tim Tim quickly sends uh, sends Al away and then uh, Kelly starts complimenting Tim you know explaining she wants to do a feature about his show but also complimenting mm-hmm. the show and how it's not just about tools it's about reclaiming the male spirit it's a powerful manifesto for men in the 90s which to me sounds that's, like a bad thing. Yeah, but.
1: well, it's that's a combination of something Tim's saying and something that she's saying. He's he's the one saying it's not just a tool show; it's reclaiming the male spirit. Oh, yeah, that's him. Yes, yeah, she comes in with the uh, um, that the man tool relationship is uh, something about a, a gest- gestalt.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and she, you know, he's got some old timey hand tool there on the set that he's working with. and She, uh, cor- you know, properly identifies it right away and talks about how much she loves hand tools and
1: how it's an extension of the body. And the yeah, all the while I'm surprised. I, I just want to bring this open, uh, which is I'm surprised that this got on air as she's talking about it being an extension of your own, uh, the body of a man, she's essentially giving this tool, which has a knob on the end of it, a hand job. It's a,
0: yeah, it's a real, like, it's a real, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock joke that was airing <laughs> on, like, an 8 o'clock TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was um, a, lot of, a lot of raunchier moments in this episode that I was shocked got into a Disney-owned station. Do you think that it's just, like, like a couple times a season the censors like have a have a mandated furlough day or something and that's when home improvement does its <laughs> horny episodes
1: yeah is there ever an mpaa strike
0: i may yeah God, yeah i wish that there i wish that there was just so there could be like the oh yeah there was there was 6 months in uh, in 1995 when all of the shows <laughs> were super super raunchy.
1: i remember um when tbs started getting into the sitcom game i don't know maybe about a decade ago maybe not quite that long ago where there was a tv show um i'm not going to name the name of it because i was involved with some of the people on it but um, uh they i remember it was just it was a three camera sitcom that took place in a bar and uh someone walks in and uses the term bullshit and it like I had to stop the episode and rewind it. I'm like, Did I just hear what I thought
0: I heard? <laughs> Your mind was so completely freaked by hearing uh, it was. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think that was I think that was TBS's because I remember when TBS became very funny, but their whole their whole deal was like we have three three camera sitcoms where people can say shit and people can talk about like getting hand jobs or say the word yeah. tits or something. Like I remember, I think I watched another one of those where like a guy. It was, like, not a good show already, but this guy was talking about sex with his wife, and it was just like, wow, you you were a lot more graphic uh, in describing the things you and your wife do to each other than I would normally expect on a three-camera
1: show. Yeah, I remember there was um, – uh, Louis C.K. on HBO had a three-camera sitcom. Oh, yeah, Lucky Louis. Lucky Louis, and that was another one that was, like, very much just the sitcom format, but it also had the F word, and uh, I know there was full frontal male nudity at one point. Um, where I'm just like, this is a weird combination. Like, I'm not necessarily against mixing and matching things, but it was, it was kind of culture shock, uh, in a way. It, it was, it shock, was. That's not the, where I'm looking for, but you know what I mean.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, it is, it's a clash of, uh, you know, it's a clash of the culture of the three camera sitcom and the Ron Sheer HBO show. Format um... shock. Uh, format Shock is the one. I actually watched the, I watched the first episode of Lucky Louie uh back when it was okay to do so and in retrospect <laughs> it was it was a really impressive performance. Like I thought Louis CK's acting was really good because there's this scene in it where he wants to masturbate and he uh goes into a closet and does it. He doesn't force anyone to watch him do it and it's just like wow, re- like that's amazing range on Louis CK's part to portray a person who masturbates privately. Um and <laughs> And with that, I conclude my joke about Louis C.K.
1: Was it <laughs> okay? Great. Um, uh, last thing I want to mention about this <laughs> tool time episode is uh, that um, Kelly Barnes, uh, mm-hmm. she's making all these lewd things with uh, the the hand tools, and she uh, suggests to Tim, "Hey, why don't we do um, an entire show based on hand tools?" Which mm-hmm. sets up this idea. Did you mention that already? Uh, no, I mean I
0: mentioned she liked hand tools,
1: but yeah. then yeah. But she she puts the idea in Tim's head. Why don't you do a whole show and a whole episode uh, of Tool Time about uh, tools used by your hands and not power tools? And Tim thinks it's an amazing idea. It's uh, amazing or amazing an example of um how she's playing into his ego and him kind of immediately going with it uh, to take somebody else's idea just because she's a pretty lady. Um, yeah. But uh, you know what I think she has in mind here when she's saying this? Um, what? I had to do a little bit of investigative research here. But uh, what is something that somebody typically makes with hand tools? Uh, I don't know. A birdhouse?
0: Uh, um,
1: close. What I mean, a birdhouse contains them, but uh, it's not specifically uh, a birdhouse. I
0: mean, what uh,
1: – uh, I mean – what, if you what, took what, two two boards and you put them perpendicular to each other, yeah, and you used a uh, a ruler of sorts, uh, say a ninety degree ruler, um, and then a third beam to go upward from it, yeah, and possibly a roof, uh, what would you start to see forming?
0: I, I mean, I guess it would be a corner. A
1: corner, correct? She oh. wants to make character actor corner. For herself.
0: By hand. She likes doing <laughs> jobs with her hands. Um, let's, uh, yeah, tell me more about this actress before I say any more lewd and suggestive stuff that is probably
1: not okay. <laughs> uh, her name is Rosalind Allen, and mm-hmm. she comes from New Zealand. Oh, oh, oh crikey. Uh, <laughs> That's
0: Australia. Did she throw a shrimp on the barbie on her way over?
1: <laughs> also Australia. Was also that a knife? not terminology <laughs> from Australia.
0: Have any of her babies been eaten by dingoes?
1: <laughs> uh, also, I think Australians do not like that.
0: Did she um, Did she go to Uluru and have a prime minister uh, get washed out to sea when he was swimming? Uh, what was the Road Warrior film somewhere close to her? Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I, tell okay, me more about her.
1: Stepping out of character after corner, I'm going into real world corner for a second. <laughs> That's how my least favorite it, corner right now. How long is it before... Uh, we start emerging with um Mad Max style haircuts. I, I mean as a I th- society.
0: I think I think well, is there someone in, in Mad Max who just has like a crazy mullet that's like business in back, business in front, business, or like no, no, party in back, party in front, party on the sides. Cause that's like mine is a post-apocalyptic. Mine is just like sad. What's
1: yours okay, so yours is getting to the point where you need to give yourself a haircut. I think that's kind of where we're getting. Everybody I, you know, I just had a, a a video call a conference with 25 people at work the other day and every single guy this is such a strange turn of events but every single guy didn't want to share their video feed because they <laughs> all needed haircuts so we're getting to the point where everybody needs to give themselves haircuts and it's just gonna look like you know butchered we did this all with a hunting knife <laughs> sort <laughs> of types of haircuts um i think we're getting close to it I, I
0: think I think that it's going to be like Mad Max because we're going to come out and everyone will have bad haircuts. And so all the guys are just going to put on weird, scary helmets with, like, you know, <laughs> skulls and, like, horns and stuff on it. And then it's like, well, we've gone this far. We may as well, you know, mod up our cars and drive really fast, which people already do on the freeways here.
1: It's very true. Yeah. Uh, she is not in any of the Mad Max shows, uh, unfortunately. Oh. Um, she was on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, Ooh! Well, I know you like that. I definitely love that. Uh, though it was one of the first two seasons, so, uh, not too fresh in my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, does she play a did
0: her... Does she play a sexy reporter who's trying to seduce Picard in that? Is she typecast?
1: <laughs> Maybe. Uh, she was also in Children of the Corn 2. Ooh. Um, which is, uh. I think uh, a little bit of an underrated film. It's not great, but uh, The Final Sacrifice. Um, Uh, That's the
0: subtitle, or are you referring to the Mystery Science Theater film, The Final Sacrifice? (laughs) That's the subtitle of it. Oh. They they, then they ripped that off.
1: was also in Three Men and a Little Lady, the sequel to Three Men and a Baby. Wonderful, okay, so okay. She wasn't in, uh, unfortunately, she wasn't in Cheers, but there's your Ted Danson Connection. The Danson Connection, which is what I want. <laughs> she was in a wonderfully bad movie uh, that I love called Ticks, um, made of this, like, there was this really specific period in the early 90s where uh, they were trying to do a kind of resurgence of the atomic creature's horror films with like the nest and uh slugs and all kinds of stuff that i'm sure you would hate yeah Uh, and (laughs) mosquito was another one uh so she was in a film called ticks um i think most memorably she was in an episode of seinfeld (gasps) called the marine biologist in which she is the person who tells george you just saved that whale Oh my god! You just god. saved that
0: well. <laughs> the sea was angry that day, my friends, like an old man trying to send back soup at a deli. That's amazing.
1: I think that might be my favorite episode of uh, Seinfeld. By the way, it, um, it,
0: it is it is one of the the most perfect episodes of of sitcom. Like, <laughs> and Seinfeld is an amazing show, but that episode in yeah. particular, just George, just George walking out into the surf. <laughs>
1: I, I like the freeze frame at the end of the episode with uh, Kramer realizing that it's his golf ball. Uh, is that a titleist? This <laughs> is so perfect. Um, just to give you some of the other staples that we usually go with, she was on Saint Elsewhere. Mm. Uh, she is she still working? Her last credit is in two thousand two, so she doesn't seem to still be working. Um, but uh, she was also on Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction. Ooh, not this time. <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen the the compilation of jonathan Frakes. oh right
0: <laughs> i've seen i've seen multiple compilations of him like have you noticed the theming st at, at uh at sit down restaurants have you ever ridden a bicycle do you go jogging often but <laughs> what did the cowboy
1: know oh my god i love it she's on uh two episodes of that um she was also on Boy Meets World. She was on uh, Sequest 2032, mm. Naked Gun 33 and a Third. Uh, a lot of sequels. Uh, Sons of Darkness, To Die For 2. <laughs> uh, they should have called it
0: Two Die For. <laughs> uh,
1: three Men and a Little Lady. Um, yeah, you, okay. you need Yeah, I know. I'm just naming other sequels. Uh, do I have to buy any more time? She has 48 credits. Do yeah, you want to I- guess? Was she on ER? I I, I want to guess, and this yes. is risky,
0: but I'm going to say no. I don't think she was on ER.
1: Wow. Okay. Now, can I ask why you came to that conclusion? It sounds w- like... What the, was the criteria for you?
0: Uh, well, well, it's. it sounds like the bulk of the work that she was doing was either sitcoms or films. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like she has a lot of experience uh, working on 90s serial dramas. So that means she would probably be in contact with a completely different group of casting directors... So I think it's less likely oh, wow. that she would have had a role on ER. And and now this is the part where I turn the floor over to you so you can tell me that my careful analysis was
1: wrong. <laughs> I, this week it actually pays off. She was not on ER.
0: Fuck yeah. In everyone's face. I'm getting <laughs> good at the game,
1: finally. <laughs> Congratulations. And this concludes probably our longest character actor corner we've had in a long time. So It,
0: it has it has been quite a while. Might I also add? Yeah. I think that a feature we could do in in the future, because Lord knows these episodes aren't long enough already, is where we try and figure out if a character actor has has died. Since we could call it character actor coroner, that's all I've got, folks. <laughs> Back to the episode. Fun joke about death.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, there we are. We get um, a transition out of our opening scene as we are what an hour into this episode already. <laughs> uh- shh. shh, shh.
0: <laughs> this, I think we're doing this specifically despite my girlfriend for suggesting these could be shorter. <laughs>
1: We go to uh, um, the theme song, and mm-hmm. I, I, I want to just touch on something very briefly. I okay. think we've alluded to it in the past, but I want to see if you think there's any anything that could be drawn from this. Mm-hmm. We get the video game sequence with the boys. Yeah. Randy uh, is introduced first. He's running from um, a buzzsaw that's chasing him. As and you then do. Then we get... Zachary, Ty, Brian, and he's running in the opposite direction from a hammer that's banging uh, as it chases him.
0: Uh, banging. Then we what get, a horny
1: episode. Then we get Mark, who is the only uh, boy who is able to overcome his monster. He jumps over the buzzsaw uh, to get 500 points. What is it about Mark that uh, What – what is this whole thing saying here?
0: Well, I mean it's long been established that Mark is better at video games than the other boys. So I think on, on, on a base level it's saying that. And then I, I think that beyond that, um, I mean, gosh, what, what, what is it trying to say? Maybe that Mark has the, because Mark has been tormented by his brothers for so long, he has the most resilience. He was like, he, he he's grown up like from the day he came into this world. He's been subject to attack and has constantly have to be defending himself, which makes him better suited to jump over a hammer or a buzzsaw. <laughs>
1: Here's what I'm going to pitch out to you, and I, this touches on a theory that I've kind of alluded to in the past, but I, I'm just spitballing here. It's not something I pre-thought out. Um, <clears throat> I've alluded to the idea that maybe this whole show is through Mark's perspective, yes. uh, that he might be doing video diaries of some sort. Uh, as we learn, he becomes a videographer later in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the evidence that I would put into court uh, to support this theory— <laughs> Is a you know, this whole sequence that we're talking about here, he's the only one that can see himself, you know, uh, as a winner and thus he can jump over this thing. But think about the trajectory of Mark and Tim's relationship through this series. It starts out very sweet and he idolizes his father for the first mm-hmm. two or three seasons. Yeah, but then Tim, you know, as you enter your adolescence and you start to uh, separate from your parents. Um, Individuate, uh, I think is the term that Jill Wilson,
0: used. Or Wilson would use, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tim starts to become a, uh, a repellent figure, someone that we want to get away from. <laughs> yeah. And we are now entering Mark's really angstful phase. And, uh, um, yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, if, if we can take his perspective as an aging teenager and apply it to how we as an audience are looking at Tim. I mean well I, I don't know if we can I mean <laughs> just the hesitation in your voice you're like is this something I want to encourage Landon to go down further or how do I get out of this without getting further into it
0: you you've got well look Landon I you know what I don't want to discourage you from going deeper into this because we've all got to fill our days somehow until we're allowed to leave the house again uh what I will say is just that if we are the audience you're speaking about wait, for the loudest motorcycle in the world. This guy should get a credit on our podcast, because he always goes out on his little fucking gallivanting motorcycle jaunts right when I'm recording. I think that we as an audience have been angsty teenagers the entire time, because we've found Tim repellent pretty much from the jump, so uh, I, I don't know about that.
1: I thought Tim was okay in the first two seasons. It was really season three that took it over for me. But I, I guess maybe so. I, I don't, to, I don't want to wait in those those season three waters anymore. I, I'm sure people yeah. are sick of hearing us complain about season three. So uh, <laughs> let's get out of the theme song, go to the living room where Jill is sick on the couch.
0: Yes, and does Jill being visibly sick and visibly suffering stop her boys from being little shits to her about her <laughs> cooking or the fact that she uh, does all their chores for them?
1: Uh, no. In fact, Mark and Randy come home and immediately ask, what's for dinner? And she says, uh, does it look like I'm able to cook a decent meal? And Randy says, well, no one said it had to be decent, just make what you usually make. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And then, and then Brad comes running downstairs complaining about the thing that every, every high school-aged boy is concerned (laughs) about, that his pants have not been ironed.
1: Uh, (laughs) This is something I actively asked my mom not to do when I was his age. And still I do, to a certain degree.
0: I don't think I've ever ironed a pair of pants. I don't think I've ever worn pants. Well, short of when I'm wearing a suit, but, like, I've never, like, aside from then, I've never had pants that need to be ironed. I'm not... What, <laughs> what even is that? Why would you do that to pants?
1: <laughs> Jeans, particularly, but, uh yeah I don't know, 90, they were so far away from the 90s, I can't think back to why uh, anyone would want that. But I can't think back to why anyone would want a number of things in the 90s uh, yeah. that they did. But, um... Anyway, uh, he's all up and and huff about his pants not being ironed, (laughs) and this takes us to... Yes? Did you think I was gonna say JTT Junction? Yeah, I kind of did think that, yes. No. This week, we're doing ZTB Junction. What? I know, I know. Uh, hop on the ZTB Zoom link, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and everybody mute your
0: mics also shouldn't it be ztb junction then at that point
1: <laughs> uh yes it yeah, should. I, I didn't think that far ahead but uh, yes. this is the only point in the episode that we uh, outside of the the credits at the end where we get any of the boys uh so um i know we just had a long character actor corner but get ready for a long ztb junction
0: in what seems like it's going to be a long episode <laughs> <laughs> but the hornier home improvement gets, the hornier we get to talk about it a lot, I guess. Okay,
1: yes. Here we uh, go.
0: Zealous about ZTB.
1: There we go. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, uh, we are Man. covering <laughs> the book Totally it's, JTT by it's Michael the Ann Johns.
0: Waste of time <laughs> on our podcast. That is already a huge waste of time.
1: <laughs> we are currently in chapter three, episode uh, episode page thirty no one. No, about halfway down. Uh, Truman, do you want to bring us up to speed as to what we covered last week?
0: Okay, let me let me think now. Let me think. Last week we talked about
1: we got, we got back to JTT,
0: got back to JTT. Oh yes, he was talking about how he has all these similarities to Randy. How he um, how he's kind of a troublemaker who's always on the take and always scheming. Yeah. You're we um, talking
1: about the audition process and how he got cast.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Okay, yes, and it was how they auditioned him with other—they auditioned him solo, and they auditioned him with other boys to check yes. that chemistry.
1: And that's the perfect segue as we go into uh, part f- uh, five or six <laughs> of chapter three, and uh, it starts like this.
0: Well, if you've been following along with us at home, you can tell us what part it is since so many people follow along at home.
1: Listen, this is available to read on archive.org, so uh, it is free. Just go check it out, and you can uh, you can read along with us. You have plenty of time on your hands. Okay, go, Landon, <laughs> go. Speaking of the other boys who tried out, Jonathan first met Zachary Ty Bryan and Taryn Noah Smith during the audition process. As he got to know them a little bit, he was surprised to find out that Zach, who won the role of Brad, was actually uh, younger than he was by one month. Of course, Ooh. Zach. Of course, Zach was a little bit taller uh, than Jonathan and, for sitcom purposes at least, did look older. Because they were so close in age and when Sued Me playing brothers, Jonathan and Zach bonded immediately. Just as Zach was a perfect fit for Randy, so Zach was for Brad to the bone. Brad Brad to the bone? Brad Brad (laughs) to the bone. (laughs) I I don't know if that was intentional on uh, the writer's part or not, but uh, I like it.
0: I feel like this book was written in a in a coffee and possibly something else fueled
1: haze over the course of like two and a half hours. We've also, spent way more Brad time to, talking about it. Brad to the Bone is 100% an episode title coming up. I, I feel uh, certain.
0: <laughs> that that's 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 a chalupa. If we win the chalupas on that one, it, it still counts.
1: That's that should retroactively be the name of the episode where he threw a brick at the glass house. Oh my god, uh, you're right. <laughs> uh anyway. Cheerful, outgoing going, and optimistic, Zach was an accomplished athlete, popular with the guys and girls alike. An older brother in real life to uh sister Siri. Uh hmm. do not chime in, Siri. I'm not <laughs> talking to you. Um <laughs> He, too, comes from a loving two-parent household not unlike the Taylors. I had a question about that when I first read this.
0: Is he trying to throw shade at divorced people or, like,
1: what? Well, I I have never heard the term two-parent household as if – it's – I understand that she's referring to it being like a divorced household, but I've never heard – that a, a together household is called a two parent household. Yeah. To me, that's... it's more in- indicative that there's three family, uh, three parent households out there.
0: <laughs> there's, there's more throuples than we suspected.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Um, wait, or is anyway, this, uh, is
0: this implying that, that, that Taran Noah Smith then comes from a three parent household?
1: Oh, maybe who knows? We'll, we'll mm. figure that out soon. um, <clears throat> Uh, There were some differences between young actor and character, though. As Zach explained, I am athletic, but I'm more sensitive and caring about other people's feelings than Brad is sometimes. Mm. Uh, Besides, at school, I'm an A student and not a brat. If if Zach could improve his character in one way, he he wouldn't tinker with his mischievous streak, but make him smarter and... uh, but make him smarter in school and at home. There are some really misplaced uh, commas here that uh, are a little difficult to get around. So thank you for bearing with me.
0: If you're following along at home, you've probably noticed it, as we know <laughs> so many people are.
1: <laughs> in the Taylor household, uh, it's Randy who's the leader and Brad the follower. Randy thinks up his schemes, and Brad goes along with them. That's not the case off camera, where, as Zach points out, I am definitely i definitely consider myself a leader. Uh Remember, this was written when he was 10 years old. Um, yeah. <laughs> Zach uh, took his first crack at showbiz uh, when he was old enough to really know what it was all about. Born and mostly raised in Denver, Colorado, he was, like Jonathan, 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 <laughs> an adorable baby, wide-eyed and talkative, the type that everyone said should be in front of cameras. Uh, by the age of three, he was – oh, by the age of three, he was – Okay, that's a very short uh, n- story. N- not a comma there. You thought it was a comma, but it's not. <laughs> I did. Uh, uh, pick to pose for newspaper advertisement. Zach's too cute, happy face was the talk of the neighborhood. Uh, the little guy thrived on all <laughs> the attention.
0: <laughs> you just imagine that people are mowing their lawn, walking their dog. Did you hear about that kid? Did you hear how cute he is? Oh, my God. Everyone's talking about how cute that kid is. <laughs>
1: But they don't mention the button nose or the precarious uh, (laughs) personality. So (laughs) uh, I think there are some subtle hints of shade here being thrown at Mm, Zach. Anyway. mm,
0: mm. Well, we need to make sure everyone knows who the king is.
1: (laughs) The little guy thrived on all the attention. A few years later, while watching uh, children like himself in TV commercials, Zach was inspired to give that a try, uh, too. Uh, I said to my mom, I can do that. I want to do that. I must. (laughs) I demand it. (laughs) All of five years old when he said that, apparently. Lucky for him, uh, Mom Jenny, a former gymnast, was Mm. listening. She signed him up for a local talent agency, and the blonde, blue-eyed seven-year-old got his start in local commercials.
0: A few... Yep. I thought you were going to say, and the blonde blew up, but okay, that, that makes sense, too.
1: <laughs> we're almost done with this week. Uh, a few summers after he'd begun, Zach attended a camp for aspiring young performers. There, he, dis- he was discovered by a New York talent agent and soon signed him up for more acting roles. His biggest before-home improvement was a TV movie called Crash, the Mystery of Flight 1501. Why didn't we watch <laughs> that yet? That would be amazing. <laughs> uh, so much did Zach enjoy acting that he decided, with his parents' consent and support, port of course to go to Los Angeles and try out for parts in TV series and movies. So I think that's a subtle hint to kids reading this book, you must get your parents consent before you go out to Los Angeles.
0: But but as soon as you get your parents consent, nothing bad can happen to you out there. All the child
1: actors who have
0: had, you know, who had bad lives just didn't get parental consent. That was the only problem.
1: Uh, winning the role of uh, Brad meant major changes in his life and uh, that of his entire family. It meant pulling up stakes and moving from Denver to Los Angeles. It meant changing schools and soccer teams. For Zach uh, has always been devoted to that sport as he was to acting, leaving all of his friends and cousins behind to form new relationships. <laughs> uh, finally, when Zach started on Home Improvement, Zach felt a little like a stranger in a strange land. Although <laughs> John. Jonathan had been there, uh, been in Los Angeles a little bit longer. Uh, He had uh, family and friends behind him. Um, He had left family and friends behind in his hometown, too. Uh, That is one of the reasons that the boys reached out to each other and became friends on I added the onset part, but just to specify
0: uh, well that's that's good you're editing editing the this this great work of literature um well, <laughs> well that's sweet knowing that though, knowing that all these rambunctious boys were all pals during the process, there was no rivalry there,
1: yeah absolutely and uh, next week it looks like we'll be getting into a little bit of Terran Noah Smith, so I'm curious how that's gonna go because we have very little information on terran uh Terran's early career here, so uh, he's a cipher he's an enigma. <laughs> He really is. Maybe that's you know how much I love a mystery. So maybe that's the appeal um, for me.
0: We we open we open that section and it's all just redacted, just just (laughs) completely. It's it's like the Mueller report. Just everything's been removed except for his name occasionally.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness! So uh, chime into the chat uh, if you have any questions. uh, We will uh, smash like and subscribe. Where did Smash start coming in? I don't like that term.
0: <laughs> I only like it now because I can make fun of YouTube influencers with it.
1: Good. Okay. Yeah, I'm it, on board with that.
0: It's a cudgel I can use against them. <laughs>
1: just – I don't know. Uh, anyway, Zoom link ended. Uh, ZTP Junction is ended for this week. We'll get into uh, TNS Junction next week, I guess. Junction, uh, let's, yeah. Let's get back to the living room where Jill is still sick on the couch and Tim walks in Um and asks how her day was.
0: Uh yeah, he asks her, she starts to uh uh describe how her day was. Tim and telling her how bad or telling him how bad she feels, Tim immediately cuts her off and starts telling about what a great day it was, how uh you know, they're going to do a whole show about uh, hand tools and just just he's he's super excited because Kelly Barnes has been on set uh and wants to do this uh do this, you know, video news magazine feature about him.
1: Yeah. And this cues Brad to walk over to Tim and kinda of whisper under his breath, Oh man, Kelly Barnes, she's uh she's pretty fine. Does she look as good in person as she does uh, on the on the T V screens? And Tim's like, Oh yeah, oh god, yeah, you know what you're saying about it. And uh that was a point of order I wanted to break open um mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well who
0: else did you break it open with? No one else here.
1: <laughs> uh oh yeah, I know. I didn't have anyone on the couch to break it open with. Um so that the... well that sounds like a that sounds like a dig, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> you guilt me. I didn't intend it to be. You didn't cause this crisis. uh Good. Well, that you know of. That I know of. It seems strange for Brad to uh, open that line of conversation with his father.
0: Yeah, but also Brad is, Brad is kind of at that age where he just kind of wants everybody to know. Like, or the same thing as like, I'm really excited for geography class tomorrow because there's a really cute girl in that class. Hey, everybody, I'm excited for geography class because there's a cute girl. Like, he's... Yeah, Brad is Brad is that kind of kid. I,
1: I I agree. I think the the part that is weird to me and maybe it's just my personal experience is the difference between him saying, "Oh my god, uh Kelly Barnes, I'd like to blah 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 some gross, you know, male thing." He's asking Tim, "Do you also, you know, are, I recognize you as a sexual being. You are a man who likes to etc etcetera." Et cetera. Uh the fact that he's putting Tim in that context was weird to me.
0: Yeah, but who among us hasn't, you know, tried to sit down with their dad at an early age and have a robust conversation about sexual attraction and desire? I mean, that seems normal, right?
1: <laughs> you had me going there for a second. That's how um, that's how
0: we lived in the 90s, man.
1: <laughs> anyway, Tim is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing nothing compared to your mother, of course. Um, <laughs> And we get a, a shot of Jill looking, you know, sick and diseased. And we get a uh, tissue transition to tool time. Where you know, they are getting ready, yeah.
0: You know, I realized now those were tissues shooting out of that box. I thought they were underwear. And I was like, what do whitey tidies have to do with this? Tissues make way more sense. Now, you know what? I have a higher opinion of this episode now that I get that.
1: <laughs> well, uh, were, were the tissues related to Jill or were they related to Brad? Oh, Landon,
0: come on. Come on. <laughs> come on now. We're better than that. That's the kind of joke I'd make and take credit for. Uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tool time, unplugged as Tim calls it. As they are working with hand tools this week, uh, yes, they are doing the episode that Kelly had suggested. And uh, every time Tim makes um, makes a note that uh, plays into something Kelly would like, he just takes a moment to look off camera. And <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, good broadcasting. You just always look at someone who the audience can't see. Yeah. <laughs> every time he did it, I'm like, man, is Kelly wondering why she wanted to do this profile on <laughs> Tim. This is the first of my many
0: questions about Kelly's motives in this episode. Also, so Tim is explaining how we're only using tools uh, that are powered by the electrical current that is man, and he Mm -hmm. says this and he casts a glance over at Kelly to make sure she gets it. And then uh, Al kind of steps in and goes, and you want to make sure that it's grounded in reality, which – got to call it the good Al lines when you get them.
1: I know. I loved it so much. Um, and so Tim starts to demonstrate what you can do with hand tools. They have a uh, a big beam of mahogany, and Tim is first demonstrating uh, the the man, hand, and uh, saw action, um, You know what I, which I would imagine comes with the, the Al action figure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Kung fu action sawing grip. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, but he's 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 trying he's trying to saw through this thing and just um just just not, not making any progress <laughs> at all. Like uh, he <laughs> has truly no skills when he doesn't no. even have a power like it's really the power tools <laughs> have all the expertise.
1: I, I gotta, I gotta give credit where credits due. I thought this was actually a really funny bit of physical comedy on on Tim's part. Maybe yeah. not so much when he's like going really to town on it, but it's the the little nuances he gives it after he realizes nothing's there. Like he like picks a little, he tries to pick a little sliver off of it. To, yeah, yeah. At the end, it's like these just these little tiny bits that that really push a piece of comedic uh, or physical comedy over the edge for me.
0: Yeah, he can really he the, he sells the physical comedy so well on this.
1: Yeah. Uh, but he goes, okay, well, I'm going to hand that over to my, uh, trustee assistant Al to, uh, saw that in half while I, uh, take a moment to address the audience about something. And he walks over to, uh, Tim's, uh, tool time soapbox, which we haven't seen in quite a while.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's been a long time since he's completely derailed the show to talk about something he's thinking about.
1: Yeah. And what is he talking about here?
0: Oh, well, he's just talking about, like, what defines the soul of a man. He says he wants to, you know, stick with me as we plumb the depths of my own personal gestalt. And uh, (laughs) Al reminds him that the only thing that people want to see him plumb is a toilet. And Tim insists, no, people really want to see me, like, crack open the nature of masculinity and what it all means. And as he says this, like, four different guys in the audience get up and start walking (laughs) out.
1: And Tim only uh, convinces them to stay by saying, well, don't go yet. Uh, Next, Heidi's going to do a uh, vibrating... Um, something? Some
0: kind of, she's gonna demonstrate like a, like a vibrate, a jackhammer, or like a vibrating circular saw, it's something mm-hmm. about, you know, again, in true horny episode fashion, it's just like something, something yeah. jiggling.
1: But and it seems, uh, uh, strange to, to have that segment on, uh, a, a show meant for hand tools, but... Uh whatever.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? It's it's enough to get butts in seats. So there you go.
1: <laughs> and just butts uh as this episode continues to be horny. We go yes. backstage and uh Tim and Kelly are talking about what to film next. Uh he suggests, you know, uh well, I could take you home or I could take you to the hardware store that's where I buy all the tools for the show. Um and oh. she goes, "Yeah, I just I want to know everything."
0: Yeah, she's like and also and and <sighs> she's she's really just uh, not not being shy about how hard she's flirting with him. And I love also that, like, the camera is on for most of this. So it's like her kink Mm -hmm. is having a video record of the way she seduces (laughs) this married man.
1: I wonder if she's like out for blackmail. Does she do these profiles to like, I don't whatever. Maybe that's a little too tricky of waters to go into right now to uh, blame the victim of things. Uh, I don't don't want to go there.
0: I, I, I don't even know that it's necessarily that, since she is, she's, you know, the one who's instigating
1: in all of these. I mean, hey, look— I'm, I'm and, glad you said that, because there that, becomes a point later in the episode that I want to really highlight. But um, she does I, seem to be the one instigating all this, right? Oh, yeah, no, this
0: is 100% her. She is very aggressively okay. going for this, as we will especially see later down the line. Yeah. Um— but yeah, so you know they so and in in the process of this, like you know she's she's laughing at all his jokes and touching his arm, and Tim is very much going along with it and leads her off to take her home. And this leaves Al talking to Heidi, and Al is uh, Al is changing out of one flannel into another, but he is <laughs> he's just so upset by the way Tim has been acting, and he's saying like, God, she was coming onto him, he was coming unglued faster than the last thing Tim glued, and. <laughs> Yo, he he's says, a little he's
1: a little jealous about this whole thing. Uh and I, I wonder if it's because usually when there's a, a woman on the show, she's doting over Al that's true. Uh, rather than Tim.
0: That's very true. That's very true. Typically, typically Al is kind of a ladies man of the set, even, uh, you know, even in the (laughs) even in the post uh, uh, post Eileen era.
1: Well, that's Um, what I'm wondering if there's uh, some sort of existential episode that's happening, you know, on Al's side where he's like, man, have I become less desirable now that I've been in a relationship? Have I let myself go? Have I really lost that X factor with the women?
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. Well, cause, well, a we saw we saw him dancing with Heidi last week, and we saw Heidi Man, fainting into his arms. So there's that. <laughs> and then
1: well, she was fainting over the astronaut, uh, over Alan Jackson, not uh, not Al.
0: Yeah, but he still he still caught her quite adroitly. I, I don't yeah, know. Fair. Uh, but but then, you know, Heidi is saying, oh, no, 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 they're just they're just being they're just being friendly. It's nothing. And, and T- Al just shakes his head and goes, ah, you wouldn't understand. You're not a sexual creature like me, <laughs> which made me laugh so hard I had to pause the episode so I could get my <laughs> shit together.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, we go to the next scene, which is uh, the Taylor house and uh, ding dong, knock, knock on the door. It's Al again. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, please let this become a, an Al centric episode. Um, I, was, it I was so excited but-
0: for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what he's done is uh, he's appeared to bring Jill some uh, some sick remedies, namely <laughs> what he calls a cowboy vaporizer, <gasps> uh, something probably out of Cowboys and Aliens. Um, was my initial thought. Yeah,
0: yeah, or or yeah, you know, I, I feel like the words cowboy vaporizer means something very different in 2020 than they meant in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some kind of Old Town
1: Road tie-in now that's not there, yeah, right? What is uh what is the cowboy va- vaporizer?
0: Um you know it's a it's a gig- it's a big humidifier with um all kinds of cowboy paraphernalia on it and the on switch is a is the arm of a little cowboy figurine and then steam shoots out of a horse's mouth and and I just love Cowboy Al. I love that we're yeah. slowly getting more and more of his of his Western themes.
1: And I, I I love that you know even though we haven't seen Hattie in a while, I, I still feel like the ghost of Hattie is with us.
0: I I, I feel hat I feel Hattie's benevolent influence watching over this entire episode.
1: <laughs> uh, and I have to imagine too that. This might have been, like, one of the first things that little little Al Borland, little Albert, uh, was tinkering with, that he created himself, because it certainly looks makeshift.
0: And, yeah, and it looks like it was made out of his toys.
1: Yeah. And I think with a little more tinkering uh in his uh, adolescence it could have been turned into a pretty decent bong but
0: <laughs> <laughs> i've loved it. maybe that's why he wound up joining the navy he got caught with weed and he got he got forced to to join up i could see him uh, i could i could see him and his his uh pals you know chiefing on that thing and then just doing woodworking for hours in the garage
1: yeah actually i i mean we're talking about al here so he's the only person i would believe the excuse of i was just holding that weed for my friend and and accidentally got caught with it i
0: could i could see al being the the kid in wood shop who's like who who is so straight edge but also he loves woodworking so much that like he's (laughs) making bongs for every or like metal shop or whatever glass blowing shop he's like Oh well, you know, I personally don't agree with drug use, but uh, I think it would be a really uh, interesting project to try and turn this like this uh, this dragon uh, figurine into a bong. So okay,
1: yeah. just hear me out here, okay? Okay, just I'm like Walter White was a teacher who fell into the meth game and became a drug lord. Yeah, is there a situation where we get Albert Borland, <laughs> the the hand carving woodworking uh, uh, handyman? who falls into a life of crime and becomes some sort of uh, criminal kingpin um, just because he is really good at doing a thing that criminals just happen to need.
0: Uh, so breaking Borland, you're saying. Um, <laughs> see, I, I like that, except that if the thing he's really good at is just making bongs, that doesn't make you a criminal kingpin. That makes you a guy who owns a shitty, crappy store that smells like <laughs> incense. <laughs> And The bungs
1: like, are, are just a gateway. He yeah. gets into some, like, uh, you know, um, I'm sure he can molt some, some spoons for uh, heroin and, and crack. This is getting really dark. Let's not you know, go if there. The,
0: if there's one thing <laughs> we know about crack uh, crack and heroin addicts, they really want nice bespoke spoons <laughs> to shoot up out of. They're very much like, oh, no, not just any old spoon. I need something special to really, <laughs> to really make this ritual perfect for me. Oh,
1: you should not be laughing at this. <laughs> we go, uh... Uh, we're still in the house he he pulls out the vaporizer and um this is where he kind of nonchalantly brings up the idea of uh the flirtation between Tim and Kelly
0: yeah yeah he's uh like J- Jill has mentioned that she saw the show and that Tim said just and she's like oh she, he's just doing it to impress that that cute reporter isn't he and and Al is going, no, uh, no, no, like Al is being so gallant in this. He's like being so good to Jill and, and trying to. I don't know
1: why. I mean, to, to Jill, I understand, but why Why stick up for Tim?
0: I, I don't know. Because Al is such a good person. But he's like trying to cover for Tim and saying, oh, he picked it up from me. I say gestalt all the time. Just alt, just alt, just just alt.
1: It's. Uh... <laughs> Yeah and Yeah. Uh, but this leads into a conversation with uh he goes, Well, you know, uh nothing's happened. There's nothing to worry about. Nothing at all. Nothing you don't it's but if but if uh I were to see something, what what might I be looking for? Um and this leads Jill to kind of explain Tim's moves, uh so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, yeah. you know, that he, you know, when we were first dating, he would, uh, you know, brush some hair out of my eye or whenever he opened a door for me, he would lead me in, uh, by placing his hand on the small of my back.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, and so Al is, Al is talking about, oh yes. Yeah. You know, I had, I had some moves like that too. You know, when, uh, when Eileen and I were on our first date mini golfing, I kind of leaned <laughs> up against the big windmill and gave her a sort of come hither look and he starts. I love it. Starts leaning up against the wall and doing this look to Jill as Tim walks in.
1: I absolutely love that performance. I I love his performance. It it felt like it came from my soul. Like, I feel like that's something I would do thinking I look really cool in the same exact way that Al would think he looks really cool.
0: Yes, yes. And I really just, I love everything about Al and Jill's friendship. I love the weird bond that exists between (laughs) these two people who are the most frequent victims of Tim being himself. It's It's really a sweet moment
1: uh but Tim comes in and they immediately Kelly's with her uh Kelly is with him and uh now they have their cameraman uh we we were introduced to the cameraman in the last tool time uh behind the you know backstage area but uh this is where we really get to see the cameraman and she actually gives notes and we hear dialogue from the cameraman so let's go into a very uh brief uh, a much more brief uh character actor corner for the yes. cameraman um on the episode he is credited as uh, Nick, Nick, Nick the cameraman. Nick uh, the cameraman. I think, I think we hear his name a few times. He is played by Dex Elliot Sanders. That is um, a great name. Uh, and he is in some great movies. For instance, The Last Action Hero. Okay, I love that movie so freaking much. Uh, Strange Days, the Catherine Bigelow movie. Oh, yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that one yet, but uh, it's been on my list for forever. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I can get into. It's interesting movies at times. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he was on L.A. Law. He has forty two credits to his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on The Shield. Uh, he was in Fast Lane. Um, he is still working as of two thousand eighteen. Okay. Um, I think I've made it. Looks up my like mind. he's he's doing a lot of video shorts, uh, but he is equally in TV series as well as uh, movies. Uh, did I say L.A. Law already? He was. You did Dragnet. yes. The yes. 1990 version of Dragnet. Okay, uh, the movie? He, no, no, oh. not the movie where Tom Hanks raps. Nope, Fuck not yeah. that one. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Beverly Hills, 90210, Babylon 5, uh, the 1999 version of uh, Chips, the TV movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on an episode of NYPD Blue. Uh, do you need anything more? What can No, I no, you? I don't.
0: He was on ER.
1: That's the question I'm posing to you. Was he on ER? Yes, he was. You are correct. He was Fuck on him. ER two years before this episode of Home Improvement playing a character called Dion in an episode called Blizzard.
0: My fist is raised so high in the air, I feel I feel invincible now. I think I finally cracked the code of the ER game. I'm not getting <laughs> cocky, but I just feel very good.
1: So here's the thing. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like the, the cards were stacked against us here because there's no way you would have gotten the I Guess That title. Uh, and i feel like i've got a pretty good gauge on the grunt count this week so i feel like man what could we have done to have uh successfully won this chalupa challenge um i, I don't feel i feel like it was a it was a sham to begin with cuz yeah. we would never have gotten the the title
0: you know well look they we they we call it the chalupa challenge not the chalupa easy thing okay <laughs> it's got to be it's 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 the it's the chalupa challenge not the chalupa walk in the park
1: Okay, understood. Not the Uh, Chalupa chumps could figure this out. (laughs) So uh, back to the episode. Uh, Tim is, he's brought the whole camera crew in. They're filming some things, and very rudely, just they put the camera right in front of Jill. Like, even to, you know, Tim, obviously, I would expect this from, but like, Kelly, you are a woman (laughs) bringing a camera into a house and filming someone who's clearly ill. Uh, maybe just go, Oh, you know what? Let's just get, it's not even (laughs) going to serve her show
0: like that. Nobody wants to see that on camera. Yeah. Like, like Tim just barges in with her and Jill's like, Tim, you didn't tell me I was, you know, that they were going to be here. And he's like, Ah, no, you look fine. Who cares? And so, you know, boorishness from Tim now to Kelly's credit though. She does once Jill protests, she, she tells Nick to shut off the camera. She says, Oh, we can come back later when you're ready. And it's like, okay, great. Kelly cool but maybe you should have figured that out up front yeah. like
1: uh, I'm just trying to think of if this is playing into her ulterior motives at any point to make Jill look bad uh to to you know some sort of means to her ends but I can't quite <laughs> connect the pieces here I, um, I
0: love that and it's just it's just fun like I like that idea that that Kelly does have this big scheme to like discredit Tim's <laughs> wife in order to get with Tim and I also love that because D- there's just nothing about Tim that could conceivably draw a a like attractive you know uh, homewrecker woman like that. Like, what about Tim? Do you like? Do you like the incompetence or the boorishness or the body odor? Like,
1: what? yeah. The more I'm thinking about this, the more it just reeks of blackmail. I think it, there's it's something got to this.
0: She's she's a Russian agent or something. <laughs> you know that that's that has to be what it is.
1: oh man uh so after they say we'll come back later jill uh tim decides well why don't i show you the garage i'll show you where i'm building the hot rod i'll show you all my tools and uh as he starts to lead her out uh he puts her puts his hand on the small of her back and uh both jill and al see this at the exact same time and i get i think my favorite line of the episode al just kind of realizes what this means and just goes Gotta go. <laughs> Boiling, <laughs> and he's gone. He just kind of jogs. There's an L shape, uh, shaped uh, cutout of the wall that he bursts through to get out of the situation. Um, yep. We get a steam transition to the kitchen a little bit later. Uh, Jill comes down, finally dressed. Uh, she put the effort into putting makeup on to getting, uh, you know, her sickness to go away as much as possible. I mean, well, um, she's still speaking with
0: a stuffed-up voice and everything, but now she's wearing a mini skirt and all this other stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh and as she re-enters the kitchen, the cameraman uh is exiting the garage, shuts the door behind him, and uh he says, "Well, um even though you're ready, I don't know when those two will be," and kind of walks off. Well, weird thing to say to the wife of the person that you are doing a profile on. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: you you weird accomplice in this in this infidelity plot. Why are you editorializing <laughs> on
1: this? <laughs> um, Maybe she has blackmail over the cameraman. And this is the only way that he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. She's already ruined everything in my life. I'm going to start tipping people off. What do I care?
0: I want – uh, you know, I feel like that there is there is a show to be made about Kelly that is going to be on either Showtime or Stars. <laughs> that is, you know, it's like
1: it's it's, there, it's there's a Red Shoe Diaries episode about Kelly for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all it's all just it's like okay, there's going to be three full frontal sex scenes per episode, and we need about 15 minutes of plot, and every episode is an hour long. Like that's that's the kind of <laughs> the kind of thing that they have there. Um I also I also should point out that as Jill then is listening at the door to hear uh, Tim and uh, Tim and Kelly speaking, uh, we get a we get what is what qualifies I think for the sort of bit that you'd get on Cheers where he, she's listening at the door and you just hear uh, Tim showing off something in the in the garage and Kelly going Oh I've never seen one this
1: big <laughs> That's the biggest one I've ever seen and That's I wanted it. to point out uh, what what is what's what what up. What's going on there? (laughs) Well, I haven't left the
0: apartment in a while. Throat's a little bit sore from
1: talking. What's up with you? Well, I mean, like, Jill clearly knows that Tim isn't showing her his dick. uh, And there's no camera rolling. There's no real stage to be set here for any kind of miscommunication. uh, And it's not a funny joke for us, the audience. So, like, again, what up here? Oh,
0: what, what what you're what you're saying? You're channeling four non-blondes and saying what's going on. Um, I think look, I I think that I think that you you missed one thing. You you said that it's not a funny joke, but it actually is a little bit funny. I mean, it's always a little bit. I like, I think that that if you're if you're measuring humor on like an EKG, there's always, like a, a joke <laughs> where someone refers to, like a, that's what she, she said. Caliber joke like this always registers the slightest of a. Blitz. All yeah, the but slightest. The,
1: that's what she said. At least what that was done and invented with a sense of irony. This is done with a sense of Oh, she's making a dick joke on a sitcom at eight PM. And nobody none of the characters think it's real. The I don't know. I just whatever. Uh, La- this is getting into the weeds a little bit, but
0: can Landon, can't you just appreciate like it, she made a dick joke on a family sitcom at 8 p.m. because it's there. Like, appreciate the achievement of it, not Maybe. the actual humor value of the joke.
1: Maybe I would have thought it'd be more of an achievement if she didn't give the woodworking tool a handjob at the beginning of the episode. I mean, she set the stakes really high with that.
0: Yeah, seriously, seriously. The kid, Kids are kids are still finishing their dinner like, Mommy, why is she touching the tool that way? Why is everyone laughing
1: and hooting? <laughs> Uh, anyway, they emerge from the garage, and uh, Tim says that they're going to head over to Big Mike's. Um, and apparently, Jill, e- even though it's not a dress, got dressed for nothing. She doesn't get her interview. She doesn't like. Uh, she put all this effort into getting ready, and Tim and Kelly are just going on a date. Yeah, ba- uh,
0: basically that, and to the to the most romantic place in town, Big Mike's.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> but so she she she. You know she's heading out, and Tim call Jill calls Tim back to uh, to talk to him some more. And he says to Kelly, like, "Oh, go on ahead, I'll be right on your tail." And uh, uh, then, um, yeah, Jill pulls him aside and is telling him, "Hey, you're crossing the line. You're flirting with her like crazy. This is, you know, you touched the small of her back." And oh no, not the small of her back. Yeah, yeah, T- Tim's reaction to his wife saying, hey, I am concerned you are giving me reason to believe you're going to be unfaithful to me, his, his reaction is to be scornful and mock her for it. By the way, did I mention she's sick <laughs> and yeah, he brought right. a camera crew into the house
1: like 20 minutes ago? And uh, I want to pull out his line here, which he goes, oh, no, not the small of her back, better that than the f- big of her front.
0: Now, <laughs> folks, <laughs> I want to say that's a good line. I don't appreciate the context in which Tim uses it, but that's a, that is a well constructed bit of wordplay. Uh, do you agree, Landon? I think it's
1: funny. Uh, I disagree. No, I, again, this, we're at war here. <laughs> that <laughs> seems like the type of joke that I would have made as seven year olds. You just do the exact opposite of the thing that's being told, and maybe maybe it is Tim. Painting it in a bad light for me. I don't know. I did I, not particularly find it clever.
0: Like okay, listen. With a lot, with a lot of the kind of uh, sexually charged wordplay, I just kind of I I close my eyes when I <laughs> when I hear Tim saying, "If I was touching the bigger front, we might have a problem." And I picture Ted Danson polishing a glass, circa like 1987. And telling Diane, "Hey, if I was touching the bigger of her front, then we might have a problem." Big laughs. Clarinet solo. We go to commercial.
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't have that superpower to transpose uh, a line of dialogue to another show in which it would be funny. But um, oh, only one show. I can appreciate that you do. <laughs> yes. I, <laughs> okay. Great.
0: I. I think. I think it is a. I think it is a well constructed. I think it is a well constructed line, and it's also good foreshadowing because as we find out in the next scene, she does have really big boobs. So uh, it all <laughs> tracks, I guess. <laughs>
1: What if he was talking about uh, her pregnant stomach? What if he, he was really attracted to pregnant women? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I did see
0: just the other day a uh, a map of search results from Pornhub that shows that uh, the further north you go in the United States, the more popular pregnancy porn is. And they are in Michigan. So um, I don't know. I'm sorry to cast dispersions on, on your heritage, Landon. <laughs> I
1: have a disparage away. What do I care? Um <laughs> I, well, I shouldn't shouldn't say that. I should defend it because we do have some Michigan listeners. So, uh, how dare you, sir? I, I'm just, I,
0: I'm not disputing. I'm uh, like. I'm not saying there's. I'm not taking a position, good or bad. I'm just saying the data seems to reflect that you people have preferences, <laughs> and I do mean you people.
1: It's all about how you. Uh, the story, the analytics tell. You can spin it in any which way you want to. Mm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we get a dressing curtain uh jill says something about uh undressing her with her eyes or something and uh the curtain goes over the the lens of the camera and we see a shadow getting undressed uh um, even the
0: transitions are horny
1: it's just every it's, <laughs> it's true it's, dude, when, the, when
0: the show gets horny one or two times a year and they really go they go <laughs> if i may balls to the wall
1: we get uh, a scene that's a little bit later, the Wilson scene. Um yes. there's a knock on the back door and Jill walks over uh draped in her her blanket and uh Wilson's there um to deliver her a home remedy.
0: Yes, yes he is. And do we did you shriek and and scream <laughs> what happened next? Did you did you uh, point I did. at the screen and go ooh ooh? Uh
1: no, I I pointed at the screen and just went
0: mask. Mask. <laughs>
1: He's a time and, and, traveler. He knows the future.
0: Uh, yeah, it, I, I I I paused the episode, rewound the episode, summoned my girlfriend from the other room, interrupted the podcast she was listening to to point to her and show, <laughs> look what Wilson did. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a he's got a face mask on as though he's been listening to Governor Gavin Newsom.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, that was just. You know, I've heard – it wasn't even on John Oliver where he was mentioning, like, the most mundane things from TV shows that we like, like Seinfeld of four people meeting in a coffee shop just seems totally abstract and absurd now. Yeah. Um, That these weird things from the before times are now infecting our thought processes in the now times. Maybe the word infecting isn't right, but I agree with the rest of it. Yeah, right, okay, yeah. I was influenced by the situation. But this one in particular was just like – I it, it's moments like this where I kind of believe in synchronicity with the world and some sort of strange aura of like I, I don't get into the the of stuff that often but uh, I I I need hard facts to develop conspiracy theories that's what I'm all about um, <clears throat> <laughs> the the fact that he's wearing a, a face mask at this particular time and place in in our history just seems so wildly coincidental. Um, hey.
0: Yeah and and then when he he yeah you know, she says oh Wilson why are you wearing the mask and he says oh well I you know I I don't want to get any of your germs like I almost paused the episode again it was like actually Wilson it's better to protect them from your germs
1: <laughs>
0: pushing it's my nose like Conan my...
1: O'Brien just then
0: yeah um, well I I was I was I honestly I was going more for uh, more for a nerd pushing the the glasses up the bridge of his nose but I guess anything <laughs>
1: works uh anyway he he's brought over um A uh, a home remedy for her, which is uh, his very liquored up hotty totty with a cinnamon stick in it, and um, she's starting to complain to him about the situation between Tim and Kelly, and uh, (laughs) drops a line that uh, when he's around her or when somebody is uh, stroking his ego, when a a pretty woman is stroking his ego, he becomes Tim the Drool Man Taylor. All time, all time line, all all time NBA all star (laughs) line.
0: Also, just one thing I noticed in this scene that doesn't tie into anything, Earl Hindman is fucking massive. That is a tall dude, and normally he has all that fence blocking him, and he's not directly next to other characters, so you can't realize it, but he's
1: big. And the way that they film those scenes in the backyard are often, like, it's eye level or even a little lower on Wilson. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. It's usually about eye level on Wilson, and then there's some sort of, like... They shoot the eye level with the other characters, so it's hard to really see the the height disparity um, until you see them like right next to each other.
0: Yeah, yeah. I it it becomes abundantly clear very quickly as soon as he <laughs> walks into the house.
1: <laughs> and Jill clearly is not wearing heels in this, so you know she's uh, her actual height, uh, which makes it all the more pronounced. Anyway, yes. um, he he takes an approach that I don't know how. Uh, I would react to somebody telling me this if I was kind of jealous and upset about my husband's potential infidelity uh, to go, don't worry about it. It's just chemicals. <laughs> Doesn't seem too uh, uh, sensitive to me, but that's but, the the route he
0: takes. And also, but you talk to Wilson, you know what you're getting into. I mean, she she's known this guy for over 10
1: years at this point. She, okay. she you know, it, it shouldn't be a shock. Um, Yeah, but it's also, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it would be a comfort to me, but he basically explains, you know, listen, it's all chemicals. There are things in the nose. uh, That's where the pheromones are, uh, exist, or, you know, you're able to smell the scent of the the opposite sex, and that's where an attraction is uh, created. And she's like, oh, great, is that supposed to make me feel better? And he's like, well, actually, what you and Tim have is a little bit different. What you guys have is our endorphins the the chemicals that make you feel wanted and needed uh that goes much much deeper than anything that uh pheromones could ever do yeah and and,
0: you know, Jill, armed with this information, says, wow, you're making me feel a lot better. And, and Wilson points out that it's probably all the liquor he's given her in that hot toddy. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, and I want to point out that you didn't commend me for actually taking notes during the Wilson scene. <sighs> uh,
0: you know, Landon, you're right. You know, good uh, no good deed goes unpunished. Uh, but, uh, no, but it, it's it's remarkable. You really – you took more notes than I did. I just had some, <laughs> some brief jot-downs about something, something endorphins, something, something
1: pheromones.
0: Yep. I – Honestly, the thing I thought most was most interesting is that Jill didn't know what pheromones are because it seems like the yeah, sort of thing I know. she'd
1: know. Yeah, maybe she's just like, maybe she also knows Wilson. He's like, oh, he doesn't have anyone in his life. She just needs to listen to him and throw him a bone by pretending to be taught something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe so. maybe she secretly finds him irritating. She's like, the quickest way to get him out of the house is just to acquiesce and listen to what he has to say and then he'll move on. And, and then no. I'll, you know, if he doesn't, I'll just cough a little bit and he'll he'll go running for the hills.
0: No, Landon, I, I refuse to live in a reality in which Jill does not like Wilson, or in, in, in which the people in that home do not love Wilson and treasure his existence. That's too—that's too, that's too cynical a read on this show for me. The person who is propagating conspiracy theory that one of their sons was a serial killer for a couple of years.
1: <laughs> uh, we cut to Mike's tavern. The scene drops out. We get a transition where the Wilson scene. Falls out of place, and Mike's Tavern is revealed, where um, uh, they are apparently still filming. I don't know why Nick is filming them eating at Mike's Tavern. It has nothing to do with
0: tools. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eating at Mike's Tavern, and and, and not only that, but eating the big stinky, which probably – Is not, uh, I mean, A, great callback, but B, not a sandwich. Like, if I was a media personality and I was going to eat something (laughs) on screen, I wouldn't want to eat a big sandwich like this. A a sandwich with four kinds of cheese.
1: Coming from uh, the previous scene and talking about pheromones uh, being the scent that you know uh, we're attracted to, wouldn't the stinky override pheromones?
0: <laughs> well, I would think so. And and this is, I mean, this is what I want to crack open. This scene is really kind of the the, the meat of the episode, and also the, yeah. the probably one of the horniest parts of the episode too. But. Like so, so you know, it's clear at this point. And it becomes clear over the course of the episode that Kelly is explicitly trying to seduce Tim. Like that, yes. that, her plan comes into focus in this scene. Um, but also they have just like the scene starts with Tim having just finished a big stinky, and it is implied that Kelly has also eaten a big stinky. Yeah. And so this, and you know, pre- presently once she, you know they they finish and she tells the cameraman, "Okay, you're done. You can go home." Tim, why don't we play some pool and just hang out? And you know, cameraman leaves, she takes off her blazer and she's wearing this ridiculous cocktail dress that's like low cut and a short skirt yeah. and everything. So
1: this w- woman f- with with the line um as they're moving to the pool table, I'll rack she's taking off the blazer. Just yes. kind of a two on the nose joke for me, but just just horny on every conceivable <laughs> level.
0: But uh, she she you know, so she's d- dressed up. She's made herself beautiful with the explicit intention of taking Tim back to her place. But so that is the plan that she had coming into this evening. And then she sits down to order dinner and she eats a sandwich that has four <laughs> kinds of cheese and sauerkraut on it. So like she's. Like like her plan though even but and she eats the sandwich and then is still trying to seduce Tim. So there's all these scenes of them mm-hmm. playing pool that we're going to go into and the whole time she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to I just ate this huge sandwich and I'm going to go home and just get plowed all night long and it's <laughs> going to be as I'm trying to digest this and as I'm belching up sauerkraut all night." It's I don't know, I have so much respect for her for her game more than anything that she's that she would eat that when she has the amorous <laughs> intentions that she does.
1: That's, yeah, that's very fair. I mean, listen, have I eaten stinky food and had a stomach full of stuff that typically, uh, you know, gives me stomach aches and still moved forward with uh, sexy times? Uh, I'm not going to say I haven't. Uh, were they the best sexy times I've ever had? Were they with a person on a first date? No. Um, but I'm not sure that that would stop me. Uh, should my, my pheromones be out of control? Yeah, no, I mean, who who among us? Who among us has not done that i'm you know
0: i we've all we've all we've all made mistakes with regards to to food and uh bed bedroom activities i think in yes. our lives that's part of being human i, I just think that if, if if i were going into a situation on like a very if, if it was part of like a week-long plot <laughs> to seduce con, yeah. someone right And I had and I was trying and I was controlling every aspect of it to the point of like, you know, trying to control my environment and how I dressed and then just like lob a hand grenade into the middle (laughs) of that of a big cheesy sandwich.
1: Well, let me throw this out at you as our our last point on this, uh, which is clearly this would have been an insisting uh, tim would have insisted that she's like oh if you're going to eat here you have to have a stinky and she was she probably protested a little bit cuz tim isn't going into this thinking he's going to get laid he's no. going into it wanting his ego stroked and you know to to have further uh you know attention from her but he's not thinking oh we're going to go fuck after this uh so i can see him insisting and her kind of like well if i'm if it's between losing the bait entirely and moving forward with stinky breath, you know, uh, I'll do the I'll do the latter. Um, that that's how I would see the kind of scene that happened right before we walked into the scene.
0: Also, when when Tim and Al first go to Mike's in season one with with those with the you know um, uh, the the two dudes, the Ironworkers, uh, Ernest Borgnine and the other guy. Yeah. Um, who was in, who was in that Western you like when he, but they like specifically make a joke <laughs> so about specific. how when I, well, I, I remember everything except his name. He was also in cannonball run and he and has the eyes like the
1: movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. kinda, you sound like my mom at this point. Oh yeah. That guy from the movies that you like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, those Italian ones, all the gore and the, and, and the knives. Um, <laughs> but no, but like he, he like like the two the two auto workers who introduced the show to the concept of the stinky like one of them says my wife refused to sleep next to me on nights that I ordered one or so like he says something about like how his wife wouldn't sleep in the same bed with him cuz it was so bad and then we've now gone full circle to where like 5 years later uh, i the stinky is just part of the seduction process 50 shades of cheese <laughs>
1: Oh, my goodness. Uh, Moving on. They uh, move over to the pool table to start um, playing a little uh, euphemism pool, if you will. I want to point out, uh, I understand that they have to uh, orchestrate the blocking for camera, but um, as somebody who used to play pool and had a pool table in our basements, she does not rack properly, and they do not cue off the ball properly. Uh, it was just one of those little things that kind of annoyed me, and it would only require just taking the the, the sticker from one end of the table and putting it on the other end of the table so she can cue up, you know, she can rack them properly, and uh, they didn't do that, and, um, you know, I, I'm often giving praise to the set decoration and the props on the show, so I'm mean, going to just point out one I- little issue that they had.
0: Do you think that in, in the true spirit of this episode, all of the all of the set decorators and props people were, like, going to make sure the pool table looked right, but then she took off her jacket and were all like, <laughs> oh! Their, you know, their Maybe. eyes yeah. popped out of their heads and started banging themselves on the head with frying pans and, you know, steam whistles shooting out their eyes.
1: Uh, yes, I do think that's exactly what happened. Um, they start playing, and she starts laying it on really thick. Uh, yes. And... Tim is also not uh, shy about the euphemisms. Saying uh, she goes, "Oh, you're really good at pool," and then uh, he goes, "Oh, yeah, well, you're you're really good at balls," <laughs> which <is> like, <laughs> that's barely a
0: joke. Like, well, and but it's enhanced by the fact that yeah, like Tim Tim is trying to uh, t- trying to break first, and she leans over the the pool table with her boobs and whatnot, and he basically shoots the cue ball right off the table, and then she takes a turn, <laughs> and she. You know, it's it and like the balls go into every pocket, and oh, that's when he says it. you're yeah. good with
1: balls. A trope I don't particularly like either. Um, no, and uh, she okay, God, there's just a lot to crack open in the scene. Then she, you know, kind of like does away with the whole charade and and walks over to him, and they start flirting a little bit more. He starts to get a little uncomfortable, and what? it leads to her kissing him.
0: Well, she she does say I she she has the wonderful line, like he's he's talking about his breath from the stinky and he says, Yeah, you know, I try I try not to, but I you know, I, I can't help myself sometimes. And she goes, You know you shouldn't eat the sandwich, but because of your passion you can't hold back. I like that. <laughs> and it's like
1: <laughs> I have to give her props for tenacity.
0: <laughs> You're like this this woman, God bless her, is just doing doing the best she can with what Tim is
1: giving her. <laughs> Oh man, she does not give up her objectives. I'll, I'll give her that much. No, um, no, no. And it leads to her kissing him, and he goes, "Ah, he uh, no, you know what? Ah, no, 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 no. We can't do this. Uh, I'm in love with my wife. I, you know, I have no intention of etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The good Tim comes out finally.
0: Um, <laughs> he makes his brief appearance, like Punxsutawney Phil, sticks his seriously. head out of the hole for a couple minutes, and then goes away for the year.
1: <laughs> oh, two more months of uh, the Tool Man, apparently. Ugh. Um, And she goes, oh, man, really? I mean, she backs off pretty right away, and she's like, you know, I thought that this night would end with you uh, licking champagne off my toes. (laughs) Do we want to talk about that (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, I, I was sort of like, I didn't know that foot fetish stuff was around in the 90s. Like, I didn't think that humans... Oh, God, are you kidding were... me?
1: As long as there have been feet, there have been foot fetishes. I, I don't know, I kind of thought Tarantino that started a... in 92. Oh,
0: you're right, <laughs> shit, you're right. Okay, okay. I don't know, I just, I sort of figured that a lot of sexual depravity came from the internet. And, like, before people could anonymously... And easily communicate about what made them horny that these things yeah. didn't really catch on. It was like we were social distancing with our <laughs> perversities.
1: <laughs> For me, it's less about the licking the toes as it is the combination of licking champagne from the toes. In my experience, it's – you're you're not licking champagne off toes because there's nothing to – capture the champagne you pour the, <laughs> champ- you pour the champagne on the chest and it goes down to the belly and you lick it off you know the belly button or you know the the general torso area yeah uh, general
0: and- torso yeah of course <laughs>
1: <laughs> nothing <So> we- <laughs> sexier than uh, anatomically correct terminology
0: <laughs> so it's so so your issue with it is is Really, just more so that the foot is an inefficient place from which to lick champagne. In, like well, that. You're
1: going to get more champagne on the floor or your bed sheets than you are in your mouth. Now, so, I'm just saying there's no receptacle on the foot for you to store champagne to lick off of.
0: No, you know, now Landon,
1: I, I, I don't know there.
0: If you Depending on which way you move your foot, like, there's kind of bits of the ankle where pockets will sort of form between the tendons. And so, I think that if she was how pointing often, her toes upward.
1: Yeah, okay, it might be different for women, but how often do you clean that little crevice of your ankle?
0: This woman prepared. And this woman clearly <laughs> had licking champagne off my toes in mind, like she she didn't uh-huh. come up with that, that wasn't, that wasn't improv, she knew that was what she wanted this is probably a fetish of her, maybe that's maybe that's the greater thing, maybe that's it's, her kink and she can't she, get anyone to do
1: it she's got a very specific sexual trick kind of like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park where he's explaining chaos theory and he puts <laughs> a drop of water on his hand, watch which way it, it goes off of, she just, she knows the exact right position to put a few drips of champagne on her knee to trickle down her leg from her toe into Tim's mouth
0: yes yeah yeah and now i'm just okay. sitting here pouring champagne on my feet alone that's that's <laughs> chaos theory <laughs> um it, no it's a weird it's a oddly specific thing that she wants i would just hope that she's putting down well a i hope that the champagne is cheap uh and yes. a, and that's that's my inner fraser coming out i feel like if this was this joker <laughs> on fraser they would ask about the vintage
1: and B, but he would go for he would go for it no matter uh, what the vintage he if there's one thing that trump's uh, uh, fine wine and champagne for Fraser. It's sex.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I would also go so far as to to just. I'm just gonna pull a number out of thin air. I'm gonna say that Kelsey Grammer has licked champagne off of four different women's toes, <laughs> and maybe one of them he was married to at the time. I, that's that's I
1: support. I support that the, absolutely.
0: The truest thing anyone has ever said on a podcast. Why? Thank you. I will accept that award. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> I, Tim. Uh, Tim then goes into uh, explaining. You know, I, I see what what's happened here. You know, on tool time, I sometimes get carried away, and you know, it, it's uh, it's not really who I am. Which this line and this explanation just infuriated me because it's ex- more examples that we've had in the past of him explaining he knows the difference between being a good person, being a you know a good friend, a good coworker, a good husband, a good general human being yeah and chooses actively not to
0: Uh Uh you can't you can't plead ignorance or just like oh big dumb man he's like no i'm actually quite self-aware i just choose not to be most of the time
1: yeah and i i know we're getting long in the tooth here with this episode but i did have a point of order yeah here to just ask you since that's something he's actively doing and he knows that he's doing what is the point of towing the line of decency you know you, uh, towing being a... <laughs> the line.
0: Uh you're toe you... sticky with fermented grapes. <laughs> yep. But, but go on, but what's the point of towing the line of decency what, if you're what,
1: what what do you get out of that? What is what's the point of being a contrarian? I mean
0: Maybe it's – I mean, but, like, if his greater thing is that, like, you know, oh, men are pigs and men are gross and, like, men, 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 male, but that doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Like, maybe he – maybe his whole idea is, like, oh, to be a man is to be honorable when the rubber meets the road, but right up until that moment behave like a piece of shit the whole rest of the time. Like, I think his – I think basically what it means is that words don't matter, only act – like, actions speak louder than words – but then he takes that to mean that words are absolutely meaningless so he can say whatever he wants all the time.
1: But he knows the exact opposite is true, though. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> all right. I don't – I just I, – and I am I was actually asking outside the context of Tim the Tool Man Taylor, like what is the, the whole – but whatever. It's a, a conversation for another time because it can get long and we're already very long in this episode. Well, let me um, say one thing. Yeah, okay. Say it's it. one thing. Before we're out of this scene. Uh,
0: but in the background – yeah. There's a sign behind Kelly that says Giant Muffins. <laughs> and it's got a picture of giant muffins. Now, this could either be one in a in a long procession of jokes about boobs in this episode, uh-huh. or or this CD Detroit bar could serve muffins. And I want to ask you, Landon, how many bars <laughs> have you been to where you can where you can get a Boilermaker and a blueberry muffin? <laughs>
1: Um none, but I would go to one. Actually that's I, not true. That's not true. Have uh, you been to one? I've not been to a bar, but I've been to a coffee shop that has served beer. Mm, okay. Well that's a different. yeah, that's a horse and of a different color, isn't it? It was in Michigan. Ah, ah the 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 coffee shop that I would work at when I would go uh back home to visit my parents when they still live there mm. um was this little coffee shop in Brighton, uh the place that I used to live. And Uh, everyone um, in the live
0: audience goes like, "Woo!" all the Brighton people are cheering.
1: (laughs) Literally nobody. Um, And uh, I would go in early in the day to start my day with coffee. And I would then, you know, drink the coffee in the morning, get a bagel. Then for lunch, I would have one of their entrees. And uh, as I would be working, you know, uh, six or so hours there, I would end the day with a beer.
0: Oh, nice. Nice. That sounds like a lovely little ritual to have.
1: It was, yes, and I kind of wish that more uh, coffee shops out here would do do beer.
0: Oh, you know, or to stay on track with our recent episodes, maybe donut shops start serving alcohol. Why not?
1: <laughs> Why not? <laughs> there hey, you go. Uh,
0: copyright grunt work, uh, grunt work concept. <laughs> donut shops, but beer. <laughs> uh,
1: also, I don't want to get too graphic about it, but I don't think muffins refers to her boobs. Ah... Yes. <laughs> well, Typically, that is, uh, you know, an allusion to another part of the female body that uh, is primarily used over in the UK. Um,
0: here, here, here we are on sexual, uh, sexual discussion work. <laughs>
1: Dr. Dr. when we need her. Yeah. Yes. Seriously. Uh, we get a steam transition as we cut to a shot of uh, uh, a terrifying horse breathing steam and fire and everything
0: yes turns the, the out to horse, be
1: the the cowboy vaporizer
0: the, the horse is just saying don't cheat on your wife
1: <laughs> well uh, horses Jill- and, and
0: horses are uh of course uh symbolize sexual indiscretion so maybe that actually uh maybe that actually was was a you know that transition meant something you know
1: <laughs> maybe um anyway the horse is breathing out all this stuff uh and uh, Tim comes home. I guess it's like, I don't want to say it's the middle of the night, but it's late enough that she's supposed to be asleep. And I, uh, and, I mean,
0: at, and to be fair, and at Mike's, like, you know, the, the situation has been diffused. Kelly backs off. Tim offers her a ride home. So presumably he has just come yeah. back from giving her a ride.
1: Yes. Uh, not that kind of ride, though, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, but I <laughs> don't is that what I'm, I sound I, like when I do that? Well, um, I
0: mean you started doing it. I thought it would be funny if we were both doing it, but then there was no overlap. So, I, I don't know. This <laughs> and the other editor? bits that will get edited out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll just <laughs> I have enough trouble syncing up our audio. I'm not going to like clip a piece of my audio and move it around. That's that's more than I can do.
1: Okay. Oh my goodness. Um anyway, uh he finds out that Jill is actually wide awake. She is not uh, asleep. Um cuz she's uh, been waiting for him. But she's also uh not exactly with it. No, no,
0: she is she has drunk the whole hot toddy and is pretty loopy, and
1: he tries... I, I wrote... I've mentioned it in the, the past that my, my computer sometimes autocorrects, and um, when I saw the effects on Jill, uh, I wrote the note that was supposed to say, I want Wilson's hot toddy, uh, oh, no. and it, it corrected to, I want Wilson's hot body.
0: Well... <laughs> I can't really blame you. I, I think it auto corrected that because I think so many other people have, have typed that before. Like the cloud <laughs> has determined that that is a popular phrase.
1: Oh my God. Um, anyway, they're in the living room. Jill's uh, on the couch and Tim starts to talk to her and, uh, we find out that she is way too drunk and he tries to explain to her that nothing happened. Uh, I mean, that something she tried to have something happen and, uh, it not going through for anything. Um, Actually, there was another point of order in the last scene that I wanted to bring up, oh, man, which so I, I feel like is important only because we've mentioned it early in this episode, which is uh, the way that it unfolds is that Kelly kind of like you've been sending me mixed signals. You, you kind of like I thought you were into mm-hmm. this. You were mm-hmm. like initiating this. I got the impression that she thought Tim was the one that was leading her on when from the beginning, clearly she initiated all of the flirtation.
0: Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to, like, just, you know, cast her as the Scarlet Woman, but right, you look right. at the way she's behaving with those hand tools, or the way she keeps touching him, yeah. or or things like that, I you know, and yeah not shaming her or anything, but she was just definitely the one going after it more than Tim. I mean, Tim is just behaving the way Tim always behaves
1: exactly, exactly. All right. I yeah. guess there wasn't as much to crack open there as I thought. but uh, he tries to explain all this and what, you know the the results were with Jill and Jill <laughs> Jill is just like she's going on and on and on about the chorus line of uh, musical that she loves. and um, because she's drunk, uh, and after Tim kind of confesses, she's like, that's okay. I I know Wilson told me you got something in your nose that makes you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> she she pulls a Tim for the first time. It's it's a wonderful twist on a beloved classic. <laughs> I am a big fan of it. Uh and Tim is like I, I was kind of <laughs> I wanted a self-realization moment where Tim goes, "Is that what I sound like?" <laughs> but nope, he just is like, "I don't understand a word you're saying." Yep
0: and she uh, and she passes the hell out and oh and well, also Tim has brought her home some nasal spray, which she
1: is yeah. very excited about, which Brings is tears a in tears yeah, yes, an uncharacteristically
0: sweet moment from Tim um
1: uh, that's essentially the end of that scene. We go to uh do you have anything else in that no, that you no. Really want to comment we go to uh our stinger, our kind of where our outtakes would normally be, and uh Tim and Jill are watching uh, i'm a z- presuming they're rewatching it because it's not broadcast live. Otherwise the boys would be with them. Yeah. Um, so they're watching it again. Uh, just the two of them on the couch, the broadcast of the, the profile where Kelly is interviewing the boys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mark is like, she's asking him, what's, uh, what's the best thing about having Tim, the tool man, Taylor as a dad. And Mark's like, well, uh, we get a lot of rides in the ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes to Randy and Randy says, you can heal really fast. (laughs) <laughs> and then they go to Brad, who <laughs> he has put gel in his hair. He's wearing a blazer over – uh, he, he looks like he's going on a first date.
0: He's, he's got a kind of a Don Johnson vibe to yes, him, like the turtleneck and the blazer. Great. Yeah.
1: Perfect, yeah. And he's like, you know, uh, actually my favorite show is uh, not Tool Time. It's actually your show. And uh, you might not notice, uh, but I'm actually 19. <laughs> really just trying to lay the groundwork to uh, – do you think he would have gone for it even if Tim had uh, had gone through with it?
0: I think absolutely Brad would have no question at all in my mind. And honestly, <laughs> I, I I just don't I don't know if Kelly would would go for it. I mean, if it, you know, she seems she seems into it. I mean, and it's the next best thing to to getting
1: with Tim. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, which would be literally anything, I would assume. Um, yes, that is it for our episode. Uh, we end. End credits, we end on a kind of sweet note. We know that uh, Tim and Jill will be married next week. Thank God. Is there anything that uh, we didn't cover that you wanted to?
0: Uh, nothing from the episode. There is, of course, everyone's favorite segment. <clears throat> the Grunt Count. Yes, that's right. Landon, what do you think the Grunt Count was from this episode?
1: You know, it's so nice to be asked for once. I know, uh... to not
0: just force you to prompt everything on this show. <laughs> well, I've learned, Landon, after these three years of doing
1: this. Uh, I want to say that the grunt count, surprisingly, uh, it seems like there would have been wrought opportunity for it. Yeah. I wanna, my guess is zero.
0: You know, and I debated over this in the episode, oh. but what I recorded is two.
1: Oh, okay. Tell me tell me the controversy. When, and tell me when, where these grunts were.
0: When Tim is first talking to Kelly at, at backstage at Tool Time about just, mm-hmm. you know, his background and, like, where he was born and everything, he says, like, you want to know what my first words were after I was born, he goes, Whoo whoo like that. And oh, that's now yeah. I baby that's grunts. meant to baby grunts because like it's clearly mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound like a grunt normally does, but A, Tim intends it to be a grunt, and B, yeah. like and it sounds high pitched and it sounds different because it's him impersonating a baby grunting. Uh and that under my criteria counts. So I I'm calling that too, unless you unless someone wants to call bullshit. Nope.
1: I think I think you're right on there. I, I completely support that as if I would never support you, but uh oh, I, I okay. think that's no, I was giving you a compliment. I say oh. i i I'm always gonna support your, your choices here. Oh, I thought um, you said you'd
0: never support me and I'm like, Well no, that no, no, that's no. out of left field. As
1: if as if I would never support you. I ah, mean yes. oh, I would I, always I you. support you. I got uh, you. Double I get it negative now. or whatever the fuck it means. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, I'd say that's two, and now I understand why I didn't pick up on them, because that's something, you know, not being the expert in grunts like you are. Um, <laughs> well, thanks. I'm, not, you, I'm just not trained to to pick up on those, so... Not yet. I'm apprenticing
0: you, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm.
1: What were your first words?
0: Um, Most likely, where everybody knows your name, or... Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, either, either that or, or either that or Mike is my favorite host on Mystery Science Theater. It's one of the two. I was speaking (laughs) in
1: complete sentences. What were yours? Uh, well, I know you were joking, but mine actually was from a TV show. Wait, what was it? (laughs) In a weird coincidence, because I, I fell in love with the show, um, separately, not knowing this, uh, at the time, but my first words were lordy, 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 um. Really, Landon? is a uh, catchphrase of jack tripper on three's company
0: (laughs) oh god i i think that that explains so much about (laughs) what we are now spending our lives doing that your first words were from a sitcom i need to ask my parents what were my first words i don't know what i said for god lordy 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 that is beautiful
1: I don't know. I mean, clearly, I don't have any recollection of that. That's just what my mom has told me. I'm sure it probably was like mom or dad, but she she holds true that it was uh, it was lordy, lordy, lordy.
0: You know, uh, to to bring this as it must back round to Cheers, there is an episode where uh, where Fraser's uh, young son Frederick is in the bar and has not yet said his first words, and Norm keeps coming in and leaving and coming in and Norm. leaving throughout the episode. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the episode, he comes in and Frederick's first word is just, norm! <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of, you know, that's beautiful in its own way. I feel like your 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 adoption of uh, of Three's Company as your first words in this world is, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it set you up on the right path for life.
1: Uh, it set me up on a path for life. Uh, I don't know if it was the right one, but uh, I suppose there's still time to find out. Yeah. Um... Okay, well, let's end this episode by thanking some patrons. Yes,
0: let's end this episode. It's as long as Lord of the Rings: Return of the King by thanking some patrons. <laughs>
1: the Extended Edition. Uh, yes, exactly.
0: And as including we including
1: all, all the background documentaries, and
0: as as we get on the boat to sail off to wherever the fuck they go at the end of that movie, I'm not exactly a Lord of the Rings fan. I want to just pause and say thank you to all the hobbits who helped us get here. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if they, I don't know if that's the right message to send, but I do want to thank I want to thank T J. <laughs> And I want to thank Cheyenne. Uh-huh. I, want Cheyenne. To thank mm-hmm. I want to thank Farah. I want to thank Manbach.
1: A special, a special shout out to Farah for uh, doing our official Marty count. Um, oh yes, yes.
0: Thank you for the Marty count. I don't know yes. if he's saying it now in a conversational tone. Counts?
1: No, no, no. She she laid down the criteria for us uh, on Twitter. She said that uh, it does not matter. Unlike you, only counting Tim's grunts. Uh, us, it does not matter who says it, but as long as it's, uh, it's not spoken just as Marty, but shouted then, uh, in the way that you have, uh, uh performed many times on the show, yeah. um, <laughs> too many times, some might say <laughs> as long as somebody says it that way, it counts as, uh, it counts towards the Marty count.
0: Okay, well, excellent then. Well, that, God, I feel like I have so much power now that I can influence the count like that. <laughs> Although uh, I promise that I won't abuse Marty. Um, so, okay. Uh, so thank you to Farah for all of the work that you do and your and your, uh, and your support. Thank you to Manbach. Thank you to Amber. Uh, Spencer, of course. Thank you. Mason, who could forget? Thank you, Mason. And lastly, uh, Michael. Thank you. Uh, Thank all of you for continuing to support our show, no matter how weird and how long—oh, fuck,
1: how long (laughs) it gets. Uh, Yeah, this week, I think, is uh, about two hours? Yeah, it's it's, it's,
0: it's like a two-hour boy, which we have (laughs) not—we've not made that mistake in a couple years. I think it's—this also is reflective of the fact that we are both kind of starved— For communication with anyone, really, Uh,
1: and also just starved because I have not eaten yet today, so I need to go make
0: some lunch. Oh Jesus! Well, let's let's knock this bitch out then. Um, uh (laughs) I'm sorry for saying bitch. I guess. (laughs) Uh, uh, thank you to all women for putting up with me. All right, continue. (laughs) Because I, yes, Um,
1: absolutely, they can. Thank you to all of the, our patrons who make uh, the show even possible, uh, so we really appreciate it. And uh, if you want to be part of these people that we are speaking about every single week, you can also become an official Grunthead sponsor over at our Patreon.
0: Yes, that's right. For as little as $1 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive bonus content like our weekly Gruntwork Nights episodes.
1: And it doesn't even cost $1 right now uh, for the month of April, and we might even consider extending this depending on uh, where the world is at the end of this month. (laughs) Uh, You can subscribe to our Patreon free of charge to get access to all of our backlog of Gruntwork Nights episodes. Um, uh, We'll we'll see what happens with that, but uh, you, you can join and not be charged right now.
0: Yeah, and you know what? If we can get a small business loan, I mean, maybe we'll change it so that we pay our Patreons a dollar a month to listen to (laughs) our show. I mean, we gotta stimulate the
1: economy somehow. (laughs) That would be uh, fair anyway. Um, So you can do all of that over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod. Uh, But if you don't want free content right now, and if you don't, then I have to start questioning why we're doing this in the first place. uh, Consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcast like Apple Podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest, and freest way to support us, and it goes a long way to put our show in front of others' ears. Maybe I need to rethink that strategy because... Uh, I can't imagine people are listening to the show and go, other people need to hear this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I,
0: yeah, you know, people listen to the show and are like, I, not only do I want more people to listen to this, I want other people who I love and
1: respect to know that I choose to listen to this. That's not listen, a thing. I don't group. care who you share it with, s- send it to your enemies, man, as long as we get more <laughs> listeners. Uh... Go the same
0: message boards where you first learned about foot fetishes and stuff, share grunt work on there. They'll <laughs> let them know that we talk about it a little bit in this episode. Fuck it. I'll take any oh fan God. base I
1: can get. Seriously? Seriously. Yeah. Uh, stop by to say hi, hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod. Uh, and you can find information on today's show on our website,
0: which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com.
1: And while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, which apologies, I totally forgot to send out last week. Oh, Landon. Uh, I know, I know. Oh, Landon. I, I relinquished my job. Um,
0: well, I, I don't know how to do it, so that job is never going to get done.
1: <laughs> so until next week when we bring you another episode of Home Improvement, that's that's the theme song I came up with. Oh, uh, that's I'm, good. <laughs> Bounty people, do not call me. Uh, I know it sounded a lot like the Bounty Picker Upper song. Uh, <laughs> I've been Landon Solano.
0: I've been Truman Caps, and remember, before licking champagne off your partner's toes, be sure to check the vintage and confirm that it was bottled in the Champagne region of France. Because if it's not, you're licking a sparkling white off of her toes, you fucking pervert.